Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Good morning, everybody! Oh, boy, it's your boy! Jason McIntyre here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. A little sluggish this morning. Um, We will talk about maybe some Christmas party action last night. I had a little bit too much to drink. Uh, forgot my headphones this morning, so uh, not operating at 100% capacity. And of course, folks, the stress level this week for me, for your boy, in the Super Contest. The $1.4 million Super Contest. I went 5-0 and the last two weeks. I'm in the money. I could win it. Probably won't. But I'm trying to stay confident. If you uh, download my gambling podcast, Coming Up Winners, I talk about what the week is like. And, folks, when it comes to Saturday morning, the picks have to be in by 10 a.m. Eastern. The last 20 minutes, I'm sitting here with producer Gavin just stressing over injury reports and the minutia, the NFL. Oh, I'm so excited and nervous. We'll talk 
about my Super Contest picks later. Listen, it's, um, I know it's the holidays and you'd think, oh, there's not that much going on. Uh, there's a ton happening in sports. And for the first time in forever, we're going to open the show with some baseball. There was a massive trade last night. Listen, we're going to get to LeBron shortly. A lot of Anthony Davis stuff. I uh, Do you guys remember this summer when I broke that story about Draymond Greedy getting punched out by Tristan Thompson? It was a big deal, whatever. It was, I made some connections out here in L.A. Well, they told me some information about LeBron Anthony Davis. They were spot on about the Tristan Draymond fight. And I wonder if they're going to be accurate on LeBron Anthony Davis. We'll get to that. A um, lot of NFL this weekend. Great game tonight. Producer Gavin's Chargers entertain the Ravens. May or may not be a super contest pick. We'll get to that. And uh, an NBA team kind of imploding last night. We are uh, <laughs> we're going to get to that in a little bit. But I, I kind of wanted to start this morning with the situation out here in L.A. where I guess a month ago, Los Angeles was pretty much on top of the sports world, right? You had the Dodgers had just gone to the World Series again. They lost, but they had been there. The Rams had the best record in the NFL. Uh, the Chargers were on the uptick, and this is a month ago. And, of course, the LeBron era was underway in L.A. And I fired off a tweet, you know, this summer saying how I think L.A. is the sports capital of the United States. And, of course, all those meatballs in Boston got all jammed up and they came after me. No, Boston, we're still the championship city. And I'm like, just keep an eye on L.A. That was a month ago. L.A. was popping. And what's going on now? You look at the Rams and they've lost two in a row. The Super Bowl shine is kind of off them. They're no longer the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Cooper Cup gets hurt. Todd Gurley is injured. Did you? Are you guys aware Todd Gurley didn't even practice this week? It, it, all of a sudden, it's bleak for the Rams. Now, the Chargers are surging, but at the same time, their skill position players are banged up, not 100%. Um, and, of course, we've got the LeBron. The Lakers will rise and fall. They're lacking consistency. Are you going to blow up the nucleus? The All these young guys they've got, are you going to blow that up for Anthony Davis? So there's a lot going on, but the biggest is this Yasiel Puig trade. Yesterday, they traded the fan favorite. And I'm sure Isaac, our update guy, who's the biggest baseball guy in the building, he would agree. Yasiel Puig is the fan favorite of the L.A. Dodgers. Every time I go to a game, you know, I've only been in L.A. about two years. And every single time I go to a game, I've probably been to a dozen. The number one t-shirt jersey that I see is Yasiel Puig, okay? He's by far the biggest fan favorite, and the Dodgers just shipped him out of town. And I do think that it can be dicey when you unload a fan favorite. And you never want to go by too much social media, but I'm telling you, on social media yesterday, all these people were saying, I can't believe the Dodgers did this. This Forget this franchise. These guys are clowns. And, like, there's actual anger that they traded Everybody's favorite player. Now, let's be clear. Yasiel Puig, uh, listen, he's not a great baseball player. Okay, I think we can agree on that. He, he had a great rookie year. He followed it up with uh, with another All-Star game. But it's his background that everybody loves. Uh, you know, And yes, they like him more than Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw's wildly popular, but Puig is the guy. And it probably has to do with L.A.'s population 
is somewhere around 47% Hispanic and Latino. And Puig's story, of course, is pretty legendary. He tried to escape Cuba from Mexico 13 times. Finally gets through. Uh, Runner-up for Rookie of the Year. He becomes an All-Star. And he's a fan favorite. They love him here. And, you know, it's part of because of his passion. He's a new school guy. Bat flips. Doesn't care about baseball's dumb, unwritten rules. Pitchers will stare him down and talk trash if he flips his bat, and he's just like, what are you going to do about it? Like, I'm having fun. I've got an obscure stat for you on Yasiel Puig. Okay, this is going to be shocking given the storied history of the Dodgers. The guy in Dodgers history with the most postseason appearances, it's Yasiel Puig. I mean, that to me is shocking. Now, what I want to know about the Dodgers fans, and again, we're going to pivot to the NFL here shortly. Dodgers fans, listening out there, are you going to be okay with this trade if they get Bryce Harper? Right? Because that's what it's got to be about. They've got to be big game hunting for the great Bryce Harper. And yes, he had a down season, no doubt, but this is guy's 25 years old. Okay, He's already won an MVP, was already rookie of the year. I mean, he's an immense talent. And I guess the problem I'm going to have is if you don't get Bryce Harper in here, you're going to have a lot of Dodgers fans really ticked off. Is the stadium not going to be full all of a sudden? Well, if they're good, it'll be full. But if they're not, they're middling. I can see some fan backlash, and that's always a risky proposition. So, Yasiel Puig, Dodgers, just a quick note. Trading away a fan favorite is very, very risky. All right, let's move on to the NFL. And the big news this week, of course, Josh Gordon, the great Patriots receiver. And I can say great. He was leading them in a couple categories. And and, and this guy had barely played football, given his off-field issues, in the last two years. But he announced on social media he was um, leaving the team to tend to his personal demons. And, of course, shortly thereafter, the news leaked, conveniently, of course, that Josh Gordon had failed a drug test. And um, what happened next surprised me because the national media essentially said, well, Patriots are done. My buddy Colin Cowherd, I went on his show yesterday, and Colin Cowherd came out and said, here are my teams that can win the Super Bowl, and he didn't put the Patriots in there. And I, I said to him, like, Colin, what, what are you talking about? You think the season's over for the Patriots if they're not, they're out of the Super Bowl mix? So last week, On this show, we open by talking about trust. Who do you trust in the playoffs? Now, we like to be ahead of the curve on stories. And, of course, last week, after our who do you trust in the playoffs, the national story was about trust in the playoffs. And I'm telling you, right now, what the story is going to be is, oh, wait, did we write off the Patriots too early? Because that's what people are going to talk about after they beat handily the Buffalo Bills this weekend. And I said last week I trust the Patriots. And that was even despite they lose to the Steelers. I still, I trust the Patriots. They lose Josh Gordon. I still trust the Patriots. Now, I don't like the New England Patriots. But who is beating them in the AFC? Folks, remember, two years ago, no Rob Gronkowski. Get to the Super Bowl. Trail in the Super Bowl 28-3. And they win the Super Bowl. Last year. Trailed the Jags by 10 with nine minutes left in the ASC title game. And they made it to the Super Bowl. Now, I know they didn't win it. But right now, the reason I'm still back in the Patriots 
I think they don't have any competition in the AFC. Now, Gavin's going to get upset at me. Big Chargers fan. I, I just cannot trust the Chargers. They don't have the body of work. They haven't built up that equity in me that I could trust them. And let's let's take a look at some things real quick. So the Patriots have a better defense than the Chiefs. You guys understand that, right? All the metrics say Patriots have a better defense than the Chiefs. And now I have been mocking New England on the road and their struggles this season. And there's no getting around it. They stink on the road. Their home road splits are staggering. They lost by double digits to Jacksonville, Detroit, Tennessee. And it didn't hit me until I was prepping for the show. Folks, uh, how come we don't bash the Golden State Warriors when they lose a January game on the road by 20? How come we don't panic? Remember? Oh, and I'm embarrassed to say it. Last year, when the Cavs with LeBron were panicking, in about Fed, January, February, a lot of losing. They weren't going to be the number one or even the number two seed. I was like, I don't think the I don't think the Cavs are going to get to the finals because of some regular season nonsense. Are we overreacting to the Patriots the same way we overact to LeBron losing regular season games? We don't we don't panic when the Warriors lose. We know, oh, it's a wrap. They're going to be fine. The Patriots are probably going to be fine too. They are. Folks, I know they've been bad on the road. Uh, They did go to Chicago and win. Brady threw for 277 and three TDs against the best defense in the NFL. At the same time, they did get two special teams touchdowns. I was on the Bears. I remember that. It was a bad loss. Moving on. But the Patriots lost to Miami on the road on a fluke play that is like a once in a, maybe a once in a generation play. So, they go on the road to Pittsburgh, and I don't want to be the bearer of some bad news, but here, Patriots were the kind of the better team on the field. More yards per play, 6.2, uh, 6.6 to 6.2. They just failed in the red zone, 0 for 3. They had 14 penalties, the most they'd had in a game in four years. But that wasn't like an awful performance. Early season on the road, why can't we start equating that to Warriors games in December when they lose? Who cares? It's the Patriots. Remember, at home, they beat Rodgers, they beat Luck, they beat the Chiefs, they beat the Vikings. I believe we are overvaluing Patriots' road losses and not realizing they're going to be fine. Look at Tom Brady's numbers. He's 41 years old, and he's basically having an average, above-average year for him. May not be amazing to you, but he's top 15 in every traditional passing category. And then you look at the advanced numbers, and he's top seven. So I, I've fallen into this trap before, the thinking the Raptors would beat LeBron. You know, I, I'm not going to do it here. It's the Patriots. Josh Gordon, it's a loss. They'll survive. Next man up, Bill Belichick's been doing this for nearly two decades. Reminder, I don't like the Patriots. I'm a Jets fan. I'm conditioned to not like the Patriots. I will root against them. But the fact of the matter, boys and girls, is the New England Patriots are going to be fine. Don't toss them out just because of a few early, ugly road losses. All right, we got a big, big show coming up today. Super contest picks. We'll do them in 45 minutes. TA and I both, shockingly, 
in the money right now with two weeks to go. Uh, a lot of NBA this week. And, you know, I know it's NFL, and I think we did like an almost entire NFL show last week, but the NBA starting to percolate. Coming up next, though, who do NFL executives feel should win the MVP award? Breeze, Mahomes, Phillip Rivers? We'll ask our NFL insider next. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Is that Sammy? Is that Mariah? Is she officially like the queen of Christmas, if you will? All her stuff sounds good. She's a duchess of Christmas. How about that? <laughs> I don't know who's the queen. The duchess know. of Bay Ridge. What movie? Shh, some, I don't know. Wolf of Wall Street. Come on. Not one of my favorite Scorsese Whoa, films. Oh my. All right, we've got to move on. Sam, <laughs> jeez. Give me a break. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Our next guest, I've known him for a while. We used to work together till he uh, ditched our parent company to move on to bigger things at the NFL Network. Tom Pelissero joins it joins the show. Tom, good morning. How are you? Well, I just sifted through thousands of people who haven't traveled since last Christmas. Uh, I got to my gate awaiting the flight to Detroit, and I'm talking to you. So how could I possibly do better? <laughs> oh, no. Holiday travel on a Saturday. All right, Tom, we'll try to have some fun with it. Uh, let's get started with the most important news this week, Josh Gordon and the Patriots. Kind of an end there. A lot of people are panicking about New England, saying, well, oh, Josh Gordon was leading them in some categories for receiving. They must be in trouble. Tom, I just spent five minutes trying to tell everybody, people, relax. They're going to be fine. Your thoughts on the Josh Gordon situation in New England? Well, the football aspect of things, the Patriots really had not had an outside type of receiver like a Josh Gordon since they had Randy Moss. I mean, they, they've really dominated between the numbers, the quick, uh, short-to-intermediate passing game with Tom Brady. That's how he's controlled things. Gordon was a very nice piece and something that uh, they had lacked. Now, you know, the productivity from game to game varied, but you kind of get that in New England. He certainly was productive if you look at his yards per catch. Uh, he was playing well for them, but, you know, they always knew. It's not as if they acquired Josh Gordon and said by some magic of the Patriot way all of his ills would be cured. This is somebody who has battled demons really throughout his, certainly his entire adult life, but even going back further than that, there was always the possibility that uh, at some point they were going to have to move forward without him. So it's a very sad thing from the perspective of, uh, Josh Gordon and people who care about him. You know, again, addiction is a a really difficult thing, and he had you know guidelines set out for him that were created by the physician, jointly appointed by the NFL and the NFL Players Association. It is an intervention program that's focused on treatment, and uh, for multiple reasons, he was not able to stick with it. Talk with Tom Pelissaro, NFL Network Insider. All right, Tom, I- I'm looking at the news of uh, John Harbaugh is going to be back with the Ravens. Now, that surprised some people, given some uh, erroneous reports earlier this season from somewhere other than NFL Network. And I'm going to ask you, Tom, um, do you think any other teams could do what the Ravens did and say, you know what, maybe the grass isn't going to be greener, let's stick with our guy, and I'm specifically asking about the likes of uh, the Cincinnati Bengals with Marvin Lewis and uh, John Elway and his guy Vance Joseph in Denver. 
Oh, don't forget the Carolina Panthers with yes. Ron Rivera, Good too. One. Yeah, you know, this yeah. is talking to, to people within the league and other people who have been involved with coaching searches for years. They say this is the thinnest candidate pool Woo. that anybody can remember. And so, you know, when you're looking at that, you're asking yourself the question, can we do better? Are we going to get a better coach? You know, the Ravens looked at the way they've had this recent surge playing a completely different and unique style of football uh, with Lamar Jackson since he took over from Joe Flacco. Um, you know, they, this could be potentially, you know, if they lose the Chargers tonight, they're looking at their four straight non-playoff season. But mm-hmm. you go all the way back to the Super Bowl, the way they had to rebuild after that. Uh, John Harbaugh has brought, you know, if nothing else, consistency to the program. There's some excitement there about what the future uh, may look like in Baltimore. If you're the Carolina Panthers with Ron Rivera, another guy who, has been pretty consistent through the years. You know, has taken a team to the Super Bowl, has gotten them into the playoffs a bunch of times. They've got an older roster that they've got to do, you know, a decent overhaul on. And, you know, that's that's one aspect of it. But they're excited about what they're doing offensively right now. They've got some changes coming to the, the defensive staff. Absolutely. If you're some of these owners who are looking at things, you're you're thinking about, okay, who is it we're going to get? It's not just a matter of you fire somebody and everything's fixed. You've got you've to be able to do better. You know, Denver is the one that you look at and just with the way that things have come out publicly, mm. knowing the backstory and how close Vance Joseph was to being fired a year ago, that one may be in a, in a different category, especially because Vance, working with a roster that's uh, got a lot of issues, uh, has not at this point had that same level of success as the other guys we're talking about. All right, Tom, now let me push back a little. You said this could be the thinnest candidate pool in years. And while I would largely agree, I'm going to ask you, uh, while I now can look back and say, boy, Frank Reich was a great hire and and Nagy in Chicago was great. I mean, I don't think at the time either city, Indy, remember they whiffed on Josh McDaniels with the whole, I'll take it, no, I won't. And Chicago, I don't think either city was all geeked about getting those two guys, and they've worked out pretty good, would you Would you say? No, absolutely, they have. Nagy, though, was, was higher on people's radars. When I do my you know annual uh, up-and-coming coaches, you know, head coaching candidate story that I write every October, Nagy was the number one guy on the list. Ooh, he was okay. very much on people's radars. He'd impress people. Coming out of the Andy Reid system, which, of course, he produced Doug Peterson. He goes, just won the Super Bowl. Everybody's looking for the next Sean McVay, you know, who's the young guy with an offensive background who's going to be able to take the quarterback to the next level. Nagy fit that bill uh, better than anybody. You know, this year... If you were looking at who that guy was going to be, the number one candidate was going to be John D. Filippo, oh, yeah. you know, who was also with Frank Reich and Doug Peterson in Philadelphia. Had um, had two head coach interviews last year, impressed a lot of people, but it was a bad personality and more so philosophical fit with Mike Zimmer from the start. You know, he just he had a different vision for what that offense was going to be than what Zimmer wanted to run in the way that he wanted to play the, to the defense. So you know, Flip gets fired. All of a sudden, you know, I've heard more about Josh McDaniels this season than I ever would have thought. Well, we're sitting there in oh. February. He just backed out of the Indianapolis job. I've heard his name come up. He's the first name that a, a lot of people bring up. You know, beyond that, you're talking about some really young coaches where people are going to be still looking to now the Sean McVay tree, guys like Zach Taylor and Shane Waldron who were with the Rams, Matt LaFleur who was with the Rams before he went over to become the Titans offensive coordinator. You're going to hear some of those names. There's also up-and-coming defensive coaches like Chris Richard and Brian Flores, but you know, a lot of younger guys. Does somebody in this cycle go to a Vic Fangio who's 60 years old and has never been a head coach? What? Somebody, you know, go to the likes of Chuck Pagano or Jack Del Rio as you get further no. down the hiring process. Oh, I my mean, there's, goodness. There's a lot of possibilities okay. out there, and it's largely because you just don't have that many frontline, dialed-up, ready-to-go candidates that you would normally have. Okay, so uh, we're talking with Tom Pelissaro, uh, NFL Network. So, Tom, I just looked up your October column, Yes, Filippo. Fun fact, I went to college with him. 
He was a quarterback of our football team, and I was like on the newspaper, so we kind of know each other. We've kept in touch. I feel Same like he got a raw. I feel like he got a raw deal in Minnesota, but that's neither here nor there. But some of the other guys you listed, Dan Campbell, is this the guy who was like the Miami Dolphins replacement coach? Yes, and I left. I, I forgot to mention him just now, but oh. that is the guy above anybody else. No, Let me tell you, when you talk to people within the league, they love Dan Campbell. They think he's going to be really good. Now he's not a scheme guy, though. You know, he's not that guy who okay, you put him together with the quarterback, and you're going to run this you know next level offense. He's going to have to hire uh, two really good coordinators, offense and defense. But people say that in terms of leadership and program building and accountability in all things. He's done a great job in New Orleans. He did give him a little juice in Miami. Now, there were some of those press conferences that yeah, were extremely I mean, raw, borderline unhinged. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not, but he comes out of the Bill Parcells tree. You know, he, he does understand the structure of that. He was, you know, on some successful teams as a player. And, and people in the league really respect the guy. That will be one of the really interesting ones. We talk so much yeah. about culture, right, Jason? It's not just about who's going to scheme up the best offense or defense. You can't bring the players with you. You know, you might have the best de- offense in NFL history, but you're not allowed to bring the quarterback with you. A lot of it is culture. It's about being a leader. Uh, and Dan Campbell has those traits. That's yeah. why he's going to be in the mix. Well, it's interesting. It's probably a much more in-depth, nuanced conversation on scheme versus culture because, frankly, I'd rather have the Sean McVay scheme than any Dan Campbell culture. I mean, I whatever. Anyways, let me ask you this. My Jets, uh, I guess the latest report is that it sounds like Bowles is toast, but they're going to keep the GM. Just selfishly, I've got to ask, what have you heard? And if you've heard any names to replace Bowles, we'd love to hear them. That certainly lines up with uh, the way that I've heard it, uh, that it would be a huge upset if Todd Bowles returns, but Mike McCagnan is leaning in at this point. Um, with McCagnan, you know, he inherited a situation where there was a, a fair amount of stuff to do with the roster. You know, they had the older team, they won some games with Ryan Fitzpatrick yep. and Brandon Marshall, then they brought everybody back and made the, the biggest mistake the teams can make, which is believing that when you're riding a couple of older players that you're going to be able to do it again the next year. Obviously, that fell apart. So, in other words, they set back their rebuild by a year. Then they blow it up in what I believe was McTagnan's third season. That that created just a, you know sort of a different timeline for for what he had to work with. So, uh, you know, in terms of head coaches, I mean, there's been a bunch of names that I've heard connected to them. Nothing necessarily firm. I think you can't overlook Mike McCarthy as uh. a potential candidate there. I think that you have to also look at some of the outside-the-box candidates. I'm not saying Dan Campbell's going to be your next head coach, Jason, but I, I wouldn't rule out a guy like that, somebody who is a little bit more off the beaten path. Um, you know, and they, But above all else, I mean, obviously they need to get someone to work with the quarterback, Sam Darnold. So whether you hire an offensive, defensive coach, whatever, you, you better have a really clear plan in mind about how you're going to get the most out of that guy. Before we get to the NFL uh, awards and MVP, I, I gotta say, like, how come nobody? How come I'm not hearing a lot of NFL guys going after college guys, like say Dabo Sweeney or the kid from uh, Iowa State? How, how come yeah, nobody's it, dipping it, into the college ranks? Well, I, I think the part of it, and I actually had a, a long conversation with someone about this yesterday. Part of it is it's not anymore where you go to the NFL and it's this huge pay bump ah. and everything's so much better. I mean, college coaches are making a ton of money. It's not that teams aren't interested now. There are certainly people within the league who've been stung by the Chip Kellys of the world and say you're just that's not the route you're going to go on. Look at the look at the track record. Look at Greg Chiano. Look at all these other guys. Well, I tell you this: if Lincoln Riley wants an NFL job, he can have one tomorrow. I mean that that is that is absolutely a possibility. It's a matter of, and I, I was told back in October when I wrote that the up and coaches thing that he at least has interest in seeing how his scheme and how his program would work 
in the NFL, but he's got a pretty sweet gig there yeah. in Norman. I mean, what is it going to take to lure him out? It's the same reason that every year there's calls on David Shaw out at Stanford. Why is why is he going to leave Stanford? I mean, it would take a, a special opportunity. John, uh, Jim Harbaugh's name is going to come up. He's obviously at that point where you know he generally, after four or five years, is kind of at the point where he's looking to move on, and maybe sometimes. Uh, some of the people who work with him are, are ready to move on too, but he's at his alma mater. He's in Michigan. He was that close to you know taking him into the college football playoff this year. Is he really going to come out at this point? I mean, Matt Campbell is one who's under the radar, but it's a smart name to bring up. You look at a, you know a team like the Cleveland Browns. He's from that area. Um, it, it would make a lot of sense. But he's a young guy, you know, and he's, he's been taking uh, Iowa State to new heights. He just got a huge bump on his extension for the, uh, the assistant coach pool, so he's got some positive things going there. There's other names. I mean, Dabo Sweeney's name comes up every now and then. It's probably not uh, to the same level as, as those other ones I just mentioned. James Franklin's name is another one that's come up in the past. It's just it's really hard to lure these guys out because what ultimately are you offering them? Yeah. All right, Tom Pelissaro, NFL Network. All right, Tom, let's get you out of here with this. Is Pat Mahomes a lock? to win MVP award, I know you spoke with NFL executives this week about it, is Mahomes a lock, or could Rivers sneak in, Drew Brees, Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson? Let us know what you heard quickly. Well, I mean, I spoke to executives from 22 NFL teams, including a dozen GMs, and Drew Brees won that poll. Now, it was a divided vote. He got 10 votes. I believe Patrick Mahomes got six. You have to look at the body of work. We have a little bit of recency bias, tend to vote on who had the best, you know, last couple of games. Breeze, the last two, three weeks, has not been performing at the same level. But the body of work, he has a compelling case. The Mahomes numbers are just off the charts. I mean, it seems to come down to those two guys. Rivers could get some votes. Uh, Todd Gurley, Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald, they all got votes in my poll. But Breeze versus Mahomes certainly seems like where we're at. Good stuff. Tom Pelissero, NFL Network. Tom, good, 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 great stuff. Enjoy the holiday. I'll talk to you soon. Upgraded to great. I'll take it, Jason. Thanks. <laughs> Tom Pelissero, NFL Network. Great stuff. A uh, lot to chew on. We'll come back in a moment. But first, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest in sports. Good morning, Jason. In the NBA Friday night, LeBron James really tampered with the Pelicans. 22 points, 12 rebounds, 14 assists. In the Lakers' 112-104 victory over New Orleans, his third triple-double of the season, the 76th of his career. That's almost a full season's worth. Anthony Davis, 30 points and 20 rebounds in a losing cause. Giannis Antetokounmpo dropped 30 on just 13 field goal attempts in the Bucks' victory over the Celtics, who held the infamous closed-door meeting after the game. The ageless Buddy Heald scored 28 in the Kings' three-point victory over the Grizzlies. Spurs hit 19 three-pointers in a 26-point win over the Timberwolves. Kawhi Leonard a season-high 37 in the Raptors' victory over the Cavs. And the Jazz won at Portland by 30. In Baseball Friday, the Dodgers traded Yasiel Puig, Matt Kemp, and Alex Wood to the Cincinnati Reds for right-hander Homer Bailey and prospects. And finally... Today's college football bowl action kicks off 90 minutes from now with something called the Jared Birmingham Bowl. He went to Jared between Memphis and Wake Forest. Now, let's go from Jared to Jason. Back to you. Thank you, Isaac. Uh, Isaac, I'm waiting for you. Next update, please. I want your thoughts on Yasiel Puig getting traded. I know you're a big Dodgers fan, so uh, jot that down. Isaac, thank you. Um, Back here on the big lead. Fox Sports Radio, I'm your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. 
All right, we'll do super contest picks in 25 minutes. Reminder, it's a $1.4 million contest. I'm in the money, and I've got to go 5-0 and this week. I went 5-0 and the last two weeks. We'll get to those picks in 25 minutes. Uh, Gavin, before we get to LeBron and Anthony Davis, I got to say, a little depressing what Tom Pelissero just said for NFL Network about the coaching situation, about how it's the thinnest candidate pool, like no interest in Dabo Sweeney. I got to be honest, I read his story. He's talking about Dan Campbell, and my first thought was, there's no way that's that guy from the Dolphins who wears like tight shirts. He looks like he works out like at least he looks like the strength and conditioning coach. Yeah, how how, that guy's not a head coach. I want my head coach to kind of, you know, I don't want to say senatorial, but I want him to have that air. When he gets to the podium, you're going to listen and respect because he's a serious, smart, measured man. That ain't Campbell. I was shocked just a few weeks ago how quickly Filippo went from one of the hottest, and you guys touched yeah. on this, the hottest candidates to fired. Uh, that that amazes me. I mean, does that still hold true if the Vikings get to the playoffs? Like, is that going to even mean more? Because, oh, this other guy got them. Guys, quickly, look at Kirk Cousins' numbers this year. They're, he's a top 10 quarterback stats-wise. Uh, they're, they're just killing Cousins and, and, and DiFilippo. I just think that's so wrong, Gavin. Let me go through the other names on the list of potential next head coaches, okay? So Dan Campbell was number two. That, to me, is insanity. Number three, Lincoln Riley. I, I think we can all agree he's up there. Um, and, and what Tom said about Lincoln making a lot of money, being a big fish in a small pond, like I, it's not a lock that I would leave unless it was a good job. But then comes Cowboys passing game coordinator, DB coach Chris Richard. I mean, really? Chris Richard? I, I, I don't understand how that could be. I, you know, he was a good defensive coordinator in uh, in Seattle, uh, helped by having the Legion of Boom. But he's ready to be a head coach? Can, can he try, I don't know, defensive coordinator again? He's a coach of the defensive backs. <laughs> like, come on, I, I'm just shocked by that. And then this one, i got to be honest, I've never heard of these two guys. Rams quarterback coach Zach Taylor and Rams tight end coach Shane Waldron. No idea who those are. But here's the thing. Waldron worked under Belichick in New England. You know how the league works. Oh, you work with Belichick? We'll take you. You work with McVay? We'll have you. Like, the NFL is such a copycat league. They're so afraid of new people, new ideas. It's just staggering. Uh, Quick note before we get to LeBron Anthony Davis. Actually, maybe maybe we'll just break and then do Anthony Davis and LeBron after that. But uh, if you look back at McVay, he was in Washington on a staff with Kyle Shanahan. Those are two of the brightest minds in NFL offense in the league. And McVay and Shanahan were together on staff. And Dan Snyder let them both go out the door. That's just unbelievable. That is the, that's the epitome of horrible leadership. You have, two, I mean, Kyle Shanahan, what he did last year at the end of the season with Jimmy G. And what he's doing right now with Nick Mullins stamps for me is Kyle Shanahan is like untouchable. You got to keep him for like, regardless. I mean, I, the, uh, the NFL is just crazy. You know what we need, Gavin, is I need to win the super contest. <laughs> and then I need to parlay that into more money and then buy the Jets. 
so I can be at the top of the list. Sammy, you like that. You like that. You might need to buy the Knicks, too, after the, the James Knicks, Dolan oh, story God. came out this yeah, week. Yeah, jeez. It just, I mean, I'm... By the way, how high would you have Freddie Kitchens right now? on Head and, coach? Yeah. No. No? No. I need way more time. I don't, I mean, again, you'd have to interview the, it's tough for me without saying, having interviewed him, I haven't dove into his background that much. He's interesting. He's innovative. Um, but he's also, he's like that guy who goes out to the bar who's single and you know what? It just doesn't matter. He's just willing to talk to any girl, hit on anything. Who cares? You strike out 15 times, doesn't matter. If, if Kitchens goes out there uh, the next two games and is awful, you know, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. He's already established himself. He's innovative. He's going to get a look, quarterback, coach, offensive coordinator. But I don't think he's ready to be elevated to head coach yet. All right, coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. So this LeBron tampering nonsense. LeBron really shut the door on it last night. But I do have some information I think you would like to hear. Lakers fans, you can panic because they're going to have to trade that Interesting core, Kuzma, Ingram, Lonzo. You're going to lose two of them if you want Anthony Davis. I'll tell you why that might not be the best move next. Oh, yeah. Gene Autry? Who do we got? Yeah, I know my Christmas music. All right, um... Bing Crosby. Oh, I'm sorry. Incorrect. I thought I knew my Christmas music. All right. Um, Producer Gavin, can you play the breaking news? Whatever that we got is. LeBron James had dinner with Anthony Davis last night. It's official. <laughs> no, it, the news just popped. And, and listen, this is fascinating. We're probably going to have to spend more than one segment on this. Okay. Uh, we do have super contest picks next. Um, uh, let me start here. Is this whole Anthony Davis LeBron stuff orchestrated by the NBA in order to maximize coverage leading up to the Christmas Day games? That's a legitimate question, right? I, I mean, there's been so much smoke around it this week. It's like, wait, what? Anthony Davis, what? And of course, they had the game last night, which was, oh, I forgot. What channel was that on last night, guys? Um, oh, it was on ESPN. And who broke the news about the potential of Anthony Davis and LeBron? Oh, right, right, ESPN. Interesting. So, on one hand, you've got, is this totally just manufactured to dominate the news cycle? Oh, look, LeBron's new HBO show popped this week. And it released some inflammatory quotes, which we'll get to later in the show. It does feel a little orchestrated, Sam, does it not? You've seen this game before. They play this in politics. Hey, let's dominate the news cycle. Let's get our story out there. And I feel like that's what's happening. But, and uh, Gavin, mark this down, okay? Because uh, I think we're going to be playing this clip later. So over the summer, you know, I, I started to develop some good contacts out here in L.A., got to meet some people through pickup basketball, yada, yada, yada. Eventually, I hear that Draymond Green got punched out by Tristan Thompson up in the club. And there were photos of a bunch of NBA players in the club. And, you know, I kind of broke the news here uh, on FS1. And a lot of people kind of doubted it. And then some of the bloggers got behind it and were like, oh, this happened, blah, blah, blah. And neither side denied it, by the way. 
So the same people who told me that Tristan Thompson, Draymond Green story are now saying Anthony Davis signing with LeBron's agent is not just a coincidence. And that Anthony Davis is already determined he wants to be in L.A. And he's going so far as to tell people, I'm not going to pull a Paul George. So I don't believe Boston's going to trade for him. I had long thought that. And they're saying he now, Anthony Davis, has his set sights set on L.A. So I believe if Boston makes a play, they're going to say, hey, we want to re-sign you. And Boston, remember, can't make a play till July 1. And I believe Anthony Davis will, in some way, shape, or form, tell them, I'm not going to re-sign there. I'm going to go to the Lakers. Now, where it gets interesting, Gavin, do the Lakers make a play for him now, or do they wait until the summer of 2020? Because remember, this summer... The Pelicans will offer him that big money extension, right? It's, I believe it's called like the designated uh, player veteran extension. They can offer him five for $239 million. What did Anthony Davis just say this week? And Sam, by the way, you're, you're, Sam is shocked that $239 million. That pays $51 million a year. That's the most in NBA history in year four. $54 million in year five. I mean, he's almost making like eight, what, 800,000? I'm just spitballing without looking at a calculator per game. I mean, if he's making 54 million for the year, obviously 82 games, that's somewhere 750,000 a game. I mean, what does that boil down to per minute? Like, that's insanity. But he just told the athletic this week money doesn't matter to me. I care about legacy. I, listen, I know it's NFL season. We're heavy NFL, but I had to take a break and say, okay, connect the dots. Anthony Davis, LeBron rumors. Anthony Davis, I don't care about money. Anthony Davis signs with LeBron's agent. Folks, it feels like Anthony Davis is coming. Now, the bigger question, Gavin, does Anthony Davis fit with LeBron? Now, I know you could say he fits with anybody because he's uh, friggin' Inspector Gadget. He gets every rebound. I mean, the guy has arms for days. But does he fit with LeBron? We've seen LeBron at his best with shooters. And I, just a word to Anthony Davis, and he knows this. Um, Kevin Durant wasn't totally wrong when he said, you know, it can get toxic around LeBron because who do you think is going to take heat, Gavin, if somehow they don't win a title with Anthony Davis and LeBron? Is it going to be LeBron at 35? Not at all. No. no. Anthony Davis, this is coming down on your head, dog. You better be ready. And if they trade, what are they going to have to trade? Lonzo Kuzma. Or like Ingram, Kuzma, and a couple picks. Now, you can't wait to get Anthony Davis because LeBron will be 36. And the other thing is it still isn't solving the shooting problem. That's the one. Totally agree. Now, Aaron. Anthony Davis can make threes, but he's not a three-point shooter. Yeah, I, I will never adapt to the I'm relying on my big men to hit threes. Yeah, no, totally agree. All right, so listen, we're going to do more Anthony Davis, LeBron later in the show. I mean, who knows? Maybe they uh, they had a nightcap at a jiggle joint. I don't know. Uh, but we'll hopefully more news will break on Anthony Davis and LeBron. Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, we're we're finally revealing our super contest picks, folks. I am nervous, but I'm so, so excited. Football, welcome back to the big lead on Fox Sports Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, our number two, thank you for returning. I'm your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live. From the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com 
for a free rate quote. All right, we're going to take a break from the breathless LeBron James Anthony Davis dinner date in L.A. discussion. Gosh, uh, Adam Silver's going to, you know, just absolutely explode that, oh, no, LeBron, he's recruiting, tampering. Gosh, it's a little nonsense. But listen, it's NBA. It's fun. It's a bit of a soap opera. We'll get to it later. But now on the show, probably the most anticipated segment every week, it's time for Super Contest Picks with my man, T.A. T.A., good morning. What's your level of nervousness heading into this week? Ten would be uh, you should wear a diaper because you may soil yourself. Hey, hey, Jason. No, I mean, I'm, I'm you know, I'm excited. I, I was in this, uh, I was actually in the top 20 last year at this time. That's so right. That. That was uh, really nervous because every pick, man, this is just, I'm just trying to cash and, and move up the ranks. But, yeah, I mean, it should be uh, an interesting week. I'm, you know, we debated on text about how uh, we like a lot of uh, favorites, which uh, is a little nerve-wracking more than dogs. But, uh, but yeah, excited. Listen, this is, this is a, the last two weeks. I, what are you, you're 9-1 and one the last two weeks? Uh, eight and two. The eight last and two. two, okay. So I, I happened, I got lucky. I went 10-0 and and... I like those weeks. TA, I don't like any, I don't really like anything this week. I could just be overthinking it, but let's get started. Who is your first pick in the super contest? Yes, yeah, so my first pick, probably my least confident, but it goes tonight. I'm on the Chargers, uh, minus four and a half over the Ravens. Um, and really this is this is uh, just a Lamar Jackson fade, to be honest. I, I've actually backed the Ravens, I think three times since Lamar has taken over, purely because somehow, some way they've faced five of the six worst run defenses in the NFL uh, since Lamar has taken over. And that's obviously, you know, if you watch any of their games, that's really all he can do. I mean, he doesn't have a um, really a passing offense right now. It's very limited. So they're controlling the clock. They're chewing up a bunch of yards. Uh, they're keeping the ball away from the other team. That's what they did against Kansas City, for example. But, you know, here you've got a Chargers team who isn't great uh, on defense against the run, but they're, I think they're 18th. Yep. If you look at DVOA, so they're good enough, and obviously we know they're talented. Um, I think Derwin James uh, can make some plays in the pass game if uh, if the Ravens go, go down and need to throw the ball. And my, my concern is, you know, let's say the Ravens are down 7, 10 points, you know, double digits. You know, can you really rely on Lamar Jackson's arm to come back? I just don't, don't know if they can. And um, I, Chargers are one of the most consistent teams in the NFL, so I like backing a team that I know is going to show up every week. So I'll be on the Chargers tonight. Oh, that's a terrible start. I'm on the Ravens. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just went with, uh, besides the run run defense issues for the Chargers, I mean, you, you're the one who noted last year when they lost Perryman, they struggled against a run. Joe Mixon gashed them a couple weeks ago uh, for, I think, a buck ten, and that was with no receiving options. So I, I believe the Ravens, who don't, like you said, they don't throw it well. Um, I think they're going to be able to run on this team, and I believe the Ravens' defense will keep it close, hopefully. But all right, so so we're on opposite sides, which is a bad start. If I miss on Saturday night, I go in 0-1. Like, that's not a good feeling. Last week, Baker Mayfield came through for me on Saturday. We'll see. Who, who's your next pick? Well, I will say the line is actually moving in your favor. I saw it's just three and a half now. So, okay. Um, I'll take you know, it. Like I said, it's my least confident pick. But um, but anyway, so that, it's funny. That play kind of uh, ducktailed into my next pick. I'm on the Saints. Um, mm. And so the reason is, and the reason it's kind of correlated with the Chargers play, because if the Ravens lose, which obviously I'm taking the Chargers, so I think that will happen, that means the Steelers don't have to win on Sunday. And they can just sit and wait till Week 17 to beat Cincinnati at home, a dead Cincinnati team, to, 
the clinch division. So, um, you know, you see, uh, you saw a couple days ago, Juju Smith-Schuster hurt his hamstring. He's questionable. And so if you're the, if there's Steelers and let's say the Ravens lose tonight, do you risk it and play Juju? I wouldn't think so because you don't need to win anymore. You can just hold them out till next week. So I think they're, they're kind of correlated from that perspective. I'm not sure if the Steelers will go as hard as they normally, you know, if the Ravens win, it's a different story. So that, that's one thing. And I just think, you know, the Saints here, people are sleeping on the Saints. They played three straight road games. They haven't looked as great on offense. They've been really good on defense, but on offense they've struggled. And I just think that's a matter of they've always struggled on the road, right? It, it's a totally, um, you know, they're, they're much better at home. So I, I think they're, they're completely um, kind of over are undervaluing the Saints here uh, because of the last couple games. They, they've completely dominated at home this season, so I think they get back to some home cooking, and they get left tackle Armstead back, who's been a big factor as well in being out. So uh, I, I just think that the, the Saints will be too much here. No Connor as well for Pittsburgh, so um, I think Breeze gets back to his uh, big play ways uh, at home. I, I I was so close to taking the Saints with you, T.A., and then I saw these numbers on Mike Tomlin on the road. You know, he he's known for getting his team to play down to the opponent or up to the opponent. So against teams under 500, Mike Tomlin, 15 and 30 against 15 30 and 1 against the spread, right? So he likes to play down to the level of the opponent. I mean, take for instance the Raiders. Uh, I think they tied the Browns in week 1, but on the road against good teams, 500 or better, 28 and 13. Tomlin hitting 68%. Now, obviously, that doesn't break down uh, in depth whether it was like a Super Bowl contender like the Saints or not. But I I love the Saints play because simply, you know, this is a sell high on Pittsburgh and the line's moving in your favor. It's now six and a half. But uh, ultimately, I backed out and went with a a home dog instead of a road favorite. So so there's two for you. You got uh, Chargers, Saints, two faves. Who else you got? Yeah, so this next one's going to be an interesting play. Probably not as popular, but I'm on the Giants. Nine and a half. What? Um, yeah. So a couple of things here. Obviously, I know OBJ's out, but that, that outside of that, you know, they've covered six straight road games, and they haven't lost by more than seven on the road all season. They're actually seventh best in the NFL in net yards per play on the road. For whatever reason, they're just much better. They're much better bet on the road than they are at home. And here's a great trend for you. Um, since 1992, teams off of a shutout loss, as the Giants were last week. Um, as a dog of three plus, which they are, and it's a, it's a non-division game, so it's not a rivalry situation. Those teams are forty-five ten and two the next week, eighty-two huh. percent. And I actually, it, it's occurred that trend happened one other time this year, and I was on that one week three. Arizona was at home against the Bears, if you remember. I think it was a six-point spread. That's right. Uh, they just got shut out by the Rams, and they came in. They almost won that game. They ended up losing, I think, by three or four, so they, they covered pretty easily. So this is, again, this is just purely a, you know, I love the Colts. Hey, look, if you remember, Colts are one of my big uh, overplays win yes. total for the year. Um, I've liked them all year. I've backed them a bunch of times. I think they're a little bit overvalued. The look-ahead line here last week was six. So now you're talking yeah. a three-and-a-half-point jump because of how well they looked and how poorly the, the Giants played. I just think, you know, Saquon's going to get his opportunities. The Colts do allow a lot of targets for running backs out of the backfield. That's kind of part of their defensive mentality, keep things in front of them, try not to allow big plays. So Barkley will get a lot of opportunities here. And I think, you know, the back door is always open with Eli, and just nine and a half is, is a lot of points for yeah. a team like Colts for me. So uh, yeah. I like the guys. It, that, now, that, i got to say, that's interesting. Uh, so their center is out. Their, their linebacker, Ogletree, he got a concussion on that Mariota block. 
He's not playing. Uh, yeah. But again, no, some of these trends I, I was unaware. Of. I, I got to be honest. I looked at Colts and I said the line's too high. It's inflated. I move on. I did not even think to take the Giants. Are you worried that maybe Eli only plays a half because they're out and they go to the backup? Or no, no. I think that that coaching staff and the GM is pretty uh, hard headed with their Eli love. We saw obviously with the draft. Mm-hmm. It sounds like they may not even uh, draft the quarterback next year. So uh, I, they're they're sticking with him, and you know as long as he's starting, I think they want to win. And look, they they were one four or five before last week. So I just think. They just kind of ran into a tough situation with the Titans in the last-minute OBJ uh, injury. So I, I, I think they're they're okay. Right. Like I said, for whatever reason, they play better on the road. So we don't have any similar picks yet, TA. You better you better come with guys I like here. I, I, I like being on the same side. We got like a, I'm guessing, 80% or more when we're on the same side. But who who are your final two? My last two, again, similar to the last one with the Giants. I'm on the Cowboys, minus seven and a half. What? Are, TA, this is, I, I'm shocked. Cowboys. <laughs> Deshaun yeah, Jackson's back? Well, what, who cares about Deshaun Jackson? The guy doesn't matter at all. James doesn't even throw to him. Look, Dallas is, again, another team off a shutout. It's not the same trend because uh, they're not an underdog. But, look, they're going to be 100% motiv- motivated here. They're not going to look past Tampa. They need to win this game with the, with the Eagles now surging. Um, and, look, the, 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 we know the Cowboys are a much, much better uh, team at home than they are on the road. They completely have dominated a couple teams at home. Um, and just struggled on the road. They, they've already shut down their on defense. They've already shut down great offenses like Atlanta, and we saw the Saints a couple weeks ago, so Jameis shouldn't be a problem. And this is a huge, huge edge with Zeke running the ball on the ground against that Tampa rush defense, which is 31st in the NFL. The, the Ravens gashed them last week. Every team has gashed them. You know, before last week, I, I, I put the stat, because I was on the Ravens last week, they covered against Tampa. Um, they had allowed uh, 34 or more points in every single road game this year. The only reason last week didn't go it didn't go over is because uh, there was a torrential rainfall. There was, there was a sloppy field, and the Ravens just don't score in general. But even then, they put up 20 points. Uh, the Cowboys should be able to gash them left and right. I mean, Zeke could run for 200 yards here, and yes. I just don't think that that uh, like I said, motivation wise, Dallas needs to win and off a shutout, embarrassing loss. That's where I want to buy. I want to buy on a team that just got embarrassed. So uh, that's why I like Dallas. I, you know, I looked at Dallas hard. I saw it trending towards seven and a half. It was like seven and a juiced one twenty, and then it didn't budge. That line has not moved all week. Are you surprised by that? No, I, it doesn't bother me. And I think a lot of the line moves you'll see that usually happens late Saturday. Um, hmm. But it doesn't bother me. You know, these, these line moves, they're not 100% indicative of no, anything. No, certainly so. not. Let me ask you this. Titans is now, uh, there's some steam on the Titans. It's up to 11. Did you consider them at all? No, it's a lot of points. Look, I laid um, a couple of weeks ago, I laid, I think it was 9.5 against uh, the Jets with the Titans at home. Oh, that's right. Similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they just came out flat. And they're just not, that offensively, yeah. they're not a team that can really, you know, I trust that can really put up the points to cover that kind of spread. But, I mean, look, it's still Josh Johnson. Vernon Davis is out now. Jordan Reed's out. So Jordan Reed's uh, out, yeah. I, I looked at if there's a fluke fumble for touchdown or special teams something and the Redskins are up 7 nothing. essentially you need 17 points straight from the Titans to get that cover at 9.5. And, and I'm not confident in that offense. So I stayed away from them, but they were close. All right, T.A., we have zero picks similar. Your final selection is... My final pick again, and I, I we talk about the, the the trend of uh, favorites here. I'm on the Patriots minus thirteen. Um, again, you're going to be surprised at that one, but look, it happens once a year that everybody doubts 
Brady, doubts Belichick, says that the Patriots are done, um, and they always bounce back with a big performance. And I think that happens again this year. You know, I love, again, just like with Dallas, I'm buying low here. Uh, nobody wants to back the Patriots after how they've looked the last couple of weeks. But let's be honest, again, another team that just plays so much better at home. They've covered every game at home except for one. That was a half a point uh, that they didn't cover against Kansas City. Okay, So they've been great at home, one of the best teams in the NFL at home. And look, the last two weeks, what, what has happened? They, they lost a miracle uh, game to, to Miami. They, you know, have a throw into the end zone to potentially, you know, tie Pittsburgh. If those things, you know, uh, if those things go one play, you know, the other way, we're talking about New England is the Super Bowl favorite. Like, it's, yeah. it's just, this is such a fickle league. And I just love the fact that, you know, people are doubting the Patriots, and this is a perfect spot for me to go against, uh, you know, Belichick scheming a defense against a, a, an inexperienced quarterback like Josh Allen. Um, you know, there is a trend out there that, uh, Belichick against rookie quarterbacks at home is just is unbelievable. Right. So anyway, that that's my uh, wow. Uh, yeah, I, I I was speechless there for a moment. Obviously, I like the Patriots yeah. here. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, and I opened the show talking about you know this is uh, people are overreacting to the Josh Gordon news and everything. I gotta say, thir- I mean, thir- what is it? Thirteen and a half? No, thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. I I vow you always get on my case. Don't take double digit favorites. And remember, I took that Packers team against the Cardinals, my worst loss, rock bottom this season. And uh, I vowed never again double digits. So I had to pass on them. Jeez, T.A., I- I'm stunned here. You're either going to have your best 5-0 and ever or uh, it's going to be a rough week for you. I feel like you're going to either go perfect or it's going to be a struggle. I don't. These are crazy. P- now, is some of this trying to be counterintuitive to some of the other plays that you think no, everybody's going to be on or no? I will say the pick that um, – so I do have a group entry that is in the same spot as I am. Um, and so we do a lot, we have a lot of similar picks. We went with the Niners instead of the Patriots. So this okay. is kind of one-off. But So I do like the Niners. I'll just say I, I don't typically like a lot of big favorites, but these spots are just tremendous. tremendous and yeah. the public sentiment, you know, how often do you get the, the, you know, the public essentially, you know, 50-50 or – um, you know, kind of uh, leaning towards uh, the underdog in a Patriots game like this. So I like the fact that nobody is buying into the Patriots. So it's not necessarily, you know, trying to be contrarian against the contest. I just think these are good spots and yeah. these are good matchups. Very, all right, let me go through mine real quick. I went with the Ravens against you, obviously. I took the 49ers, getting the four. Um, but did you even look at them? In your con- in your entry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I liked them. I just you know I've taken them two straight. I've won them two straight times. Yeah. And um, you know, to me, it's like is a third time a charm. Yeah. Against you know a great defense in Chicago. I know that Chicago won't be as motivated, but I, I just uh, I backed off because yeah. um, I just didn't want to. Well, uh, part of that reason, third straight week, is the reason I backed off going with the Cowboys because two weeks ago I got lucky against the Bucks. You got to say, last week the line was like seven and a half. You hit eight against the Bucks. I go into the well three weeks in a row. I mean, a little concerned for you, but whatever. Uh, I took your Browns. How did you not take them here? Uh, because the Browns should never be laying over a touchdown. Yeah, I, I hear you, oh. and that's the logic uh, my producer said to me. Or like, come on, the Browns should. But I like when you historically look at the Browns, uh, Freddie Kitchens and Baker Mayfield. You know their offense has been in like the last like six weeks right there with Mahomes. And the uh, uh, and the Saints as like the best in the league. They've been incredible. Look, look Jason. I watched this team. I, they're they're they played well, but they haven't blown many teams out. I mean, they blew 
they even blew the big lead against the the Bengals a couple weeks ago in Cincinnati. I'm not saying that the Browns aren't going to win or they're not at this, eight. but look in the NFL, there are young teams that are not in. They're not used to being in certain situations, and the yep. Browns being in a uh, situation where everyone's panning them on the back this week, and they're going to try and blow out the Bengals. It's hard to cover yep. those games, no, so right. that, that's. That's, that's my only concern. All right, and the final two I had, Seahawks plus two and a half. I kind of hate it. Both their safeties may not play. That's Ooh. suboptimal against Pat Mahomes. I just hope they control the ball for 37 minutes with Carson in the run game. Fluker, injured. I mean, I, that injury report on Seattle is not good, but I went with them at home at night. And finally, the Eagles, which I think everybody's going to have, unfortunately. Um, I'll say I. Uh, you're right. Seattle's going to be able to, to really ground and pound against that team. But, yeah, without – Give me the pass offense advantage over the run advantage any day. But yeah. that's a game that I stayed away from. And I'll say the Eagles game, total coin flip to me. I think the Eagles are a little overvalued because of what happened last week. But I also think Houston's been a little bit of a fraud yeah. this year. So, All right, T.A., good stuff. Listen, man, uh, if you get in the money two years in a row, geez, that that would be stunning. Uh, I'm hoping to just – I need a 4-1 and one or 5-0 and oh to, to have any shot at getting the $1.4 I probably have no chance, but – Thank you for the input, T.A., and we'll do this again next week. Yeah, have a good holiday, too. All right, you too. Oh, boy. Uh, Nick, I'm looking at you there. He He's back in your Chargers. Uh, we'll, we'll get plenty into Chargers uh, Ravens. We'll probably do that right here after the break. The Big Lead on Fox Sports Radio. Back here on The Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio. Wow. That Super Contest segment, I'm now officially rattled. None of the same picks as my guy, T.A., you know, it could just be that kind of week, Nick. You like your Chargers tonight, obviously. I do, but that four and a half, ugh, I don't know. Oh, boy. It's going to be a fascinating night, that's for sure. NFL, we, I have a holiday party to get to. Uh, had to. We went to one last night. There were kids, so the drinking wasn't as ugly as I expected. But it was the kind of crowd where... I get, Jason, you got to come over here. We got an 83 port. You have to try this. And I'm like, oh, uh, okay, you know. <laughs> but That's this guy much, is super interesting, dude. It's much different than the parties I go to. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> eighty three port. Yeah, I, I don't. I was. Not, I mean, it was tasting phenomenal. Um, but here, here's the best part. So this guy, you know, he. I told him about my gambling podcast. He starts to listen, and and um, he's like, I had the best bet ever. I got information through you know whatever avenue, and he he went and made a big wager. $15,000. This guy doesn't bet. He's like, I'm putting 15000 I feel like it's a lock. Um, And it was on the Toronto Raptors against LeBron in the playoffs, I think, last year. Remember, was it game one? or No, it was game two. They lost game one by one, and everybody's like, oh, Toronto's going to come back. And LeBron beat him in game two. He told his wife about it because he was stressing out during the game. His wife said, you bet $15,000 against LeBron? Well, if LeBron wins, I'm buying a piano. And so they named the piano that she bought LeBron because LeBron beat his bet. I mean, these people are fascinating. Uh, so, yeah, anyways, holiday party f- season. Everybody, make sure you don't drink and drive. That's obviously number one. Uber, much easier. Uh, got another one tonight. My guy from FS1, Cousin Sal, will be there. Uh, he happens to know some uh, some folks that I know. And uh, so I guess we'll be talking about NFL and watching Ravens Chargers. Uh, coming up in a few minutes, we're going to talk to a Pelicans beat writer about this Anthony Davis-LeBron stuff. So all the L.A. listeners, you're definitely going to want to stick around. I do want to say, 
If you haven't been on social media this morning, you probably didn't hear the audio last night of LeBron after the Lakers beat the Pelicans. LeBron was asked about the alleged tampering, and the tampering stuff is so stupid. LeBron had the best answer, and we have it for you here, courtesy of a guest on the show, Tanya Ganguly. She covers the Lakers and the NBA for the LA Times. Here's LeBron on the alleged tampering. Ask me uh, what I like to play with Kevin Durant. Ask me right now. Would you like to play with Kevin Durant? Absolutely. Ask me if I like to play with Jimmy Butler. Say right now. Ask me about Kyrie Irving, Giannis. Ask me about Embiid, Ben Simmons. Go ahead. All of them. Luka Doncic. Ask me right now. Come on, guys. It's not rocket science. (laughs) It's not rocket science. These are great players. Absolutely. Uh, I would love to play with a lot of great players. That's just who I am. Um, So, people get caught up in, you know, they caught up in bunches, you know, sometimes when they, they wish they can control what you say and they can't control me at all. And I play by the rules. <laughs> I kind of like LeBron. Nick, your thoughts on that hearing it? I mean, I just love how everyone thinks it's Tam. I, I like how LeBron is just kind of making fun of it. LeBron it's ridiculous. It, LeBron runs the league. We can we can accept that. Right, Adam Silver's but, a commission. LeBron runs the show. It's just not tampering. It's ridiculous how yeah. people, so many people are saying that. Uh... I love the, he mentioned Luka Doncic. How about that? Oh, my God. Kevin, he mentioned Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler, Kyrie, Luka Doncic. Is he not one of the best rookies you've ever seen in, like, the last Dude, We decade? were early on this. Do you remember when I said his stats were comparable to Larry Bird's rookie year? Yep. And I was like, listen, I'm not going overboard. He has taken over that team. Now, I will say something I heard. This is, uh, I won't say, you know, it's inside the Mavericks team. So, Dennis Smith. Remember last year he was their rookie who, like, the Knicks passed on. Smith looked good. They don't like him there. He's there's the, the word on the street with the Mavericks is he's very selfish. The players prefer J.J. Barea. And that's why when you look at a box score and you see Dennis Smith plays 23 minutes, despite starting, you're like, what's that about? And then you look, Barea plays a lot. They got that other, I think they have Jalen Brunson, is it? Or there's a, there's a young point guard right out of college on the Mavs. And it's just like Smith is an offensive-minded guy. He's like, you know who he's like? He's like Monta Ellis. Very talented, but he scores. He gets buckets. Now, I'm not saying they hate Dennis Smith, but there is a faction of people on that team who feel like the ball should be shared. Rick Carlisle's got a very difficult road to navigate there. That's a good team. And, Nick, I don't know how much Mavs you've watched. They need to play through Luka Doncic. He makes things happen. I haven't watched a lot of them, but when I do... Mostly highlights. I mean, the kid can just play. Yeah, he's I mean, just an awesome, smart player. What is he? Is he 19 or 20? 19. Oh, my And Jason, God. really quick, a lot of people are having some debates on Twitter, like, who's been the best rookie over the last however many years? A lot of people are saying, you know, has would you take Ben Simmons last year, Luka this year? A lot of people are saying Luka, they're coming Luka to LeBron coming out in 03. Yeah, well, I, I, I would lean that way. Um, ben Simmons can't shoot. Right. He's a liability from the foul line. Uh yeah, I I like Ben Simmons a lot. I said he was a top 10 player last year. Interesting. I would probably go to Luka's rookie year. over Now, Ben Simmons did win like he was his second. He was technically in his second year because he missed his first year. Um, that's a good question. Bring that back later, Nick. All right, coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. We are going to talk to a Pelicans beat writer about the Anthony Davis situation After the Lakers beat him last night, AD went out to dinner with LeBron. But first... 
go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest in sports. Yes, Jason, that's where we begin the NBA Friday night where LeBron James tampered with the New Orleans Pelicans on the court. 22 points, 12 rebounds, 14 assists in the Lakers' 112-104 victory over New Orleans. His third triple-double of the season, the 76th triple-double of his career. Anthony Davis, 30 points and 20 rebounds in a losing cause. And indeed, Yahoo Sports reported that LeBron and Davis dined together after the game, which I'm sure was perfectly innocent, just like when Brad and Angelina met for dinner after filming Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Giannis Antetokounmpo dropped 30 on just 13 field goal attempts in the Bucks victory over the Celtics, who held a closed-door meeting after the game. Kawhi Leonard scored a season-high 37 on just 16 field goal attempts in the Raptors' win over the Cavs. Baseball Friday, Dodgers traded Yasiel Puig, Matt Kemp, and Alex Wood to the Reds for right-hander Homer Bailey and prospect. And finally, today's college football bowl action kicks off at the top of the hour with something called the Jared Birmingham Bowl between Memphis and Wake Forest. Can't wait. Jason, back to you. <laughs> Thank you, Isaac. <laughs> when does that game kick off? Because I might need to get some money down on the side. Oh, hurry up. <laughs> Noon Eastern. Bet some diamonds. I got 30 minutes. All right. Uh, thank you, Isaac. Uh, back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I'm your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Um, So we're in a fascinating football season out here in L.A. Uh, The Rams and the Chargers are both going to the playoffs. Both could get home field advantage. And all anybody's talking about is LeBron and Anthony Davis to try to make some sense of that. And and it's going to be difficult. We're bringing in Scott Kushner. He covers the Pelicans for the Advocate. Scotty, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, Jason. How are you today? You know, Scott, I'm excellent, and I've got to know, like, when you see this news, uh, I don't maybe you were following around Anthony Davis out here in L.A. last night. LeBron and Anthony Davis had dinner. And it's you know that's going to sweep the internet until uh, until the NFL games kick off later today. What are your thoughts on this? Complete nonsense, typical NBA stuff. What do you got? I mean, I just don't think much has changed. I guess I've just been on this longer than most people. Um, that you know, it's like this is something I've had to cover now for two years. Is the idea of if Anthony Davis will get traded, when he'll get traded, who will get traded to? Like it's just been this long running drama here um and the idea that it's now hitting this like hyperdrive because lebron is involved um and so it's kind of just been interesting to see and it's like i don't have any doubt uh that anthony davis would like to play with lebron james there's a lot of mechanics that have to go into it to get that to actually occur though um and i don't foresee any of that happening this season because the pelicans have zero interest uh in trading him until uh he declines that supermax extension which would so be well, hold uh, on, scott scott that would be when can they offer that to him july one uh yeah so okay. they'll probably give him a month to uh, decide but yeah until then i don't see much happening okay so so that so a trade during the season that makes no sense whatsoever so lakers fans uh, would just be like there's why would they do it 
there's and, and that's the whole thing is the Lakers and the reporting keeps saying the Lakers are pushing to get this done because Boston can't do it. It's like that's fine that they're pushing to get it done. The ownership in New Orleans is never going to let them trade Anthony Davis until the offseason. They're going to play this season with with him. So there. the Lakers fans out here would say, well, uh, I mean, listen, if you hold on to Anthony Davis, his value will go down. And Scott, to that, your response is? Well, his value goes up when there's other candidates, <laughs> there's other yes. people trying to trade for him. Yes, so it's like, exactly. It's, when it's a one-person, a one-team negotiation, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Even if he wants to go to the Lakers, and even if he says he's not going to sign an extension elsewhere, we've seen Paul George get traded to Oklahoma City when he wanted to go to L.A. We saw Kawhi Leonard go to Toronto when he wanted to go to L.A. Like None of this stuff is a foregone conclusion um, of who you're going to trade to just because that's where the guy wants to go. He's under a guaranteed, cannot-go-anywhere contract all through next season, so they have a full year um, to trade him. So it's... Uh, all of this just feels very uh, overblown at the moment, but that's because LeBron's involved. When he's involved, it's a very big deal, and I get it. it. And him going to the Lakers is a real possibility that is not to diminish that chance. It's just not going to happen. Based on everything that I know about the Pelicans franchise, it is not going to happen this season. Talking with Scott Kushner, he covers the Pelicans for the Advocate. So, Scott, uh, the Boston Celtics, due to some quirky uh, contract stuff that we're not going to bore everybody with, they cannot... Uh, trade for Anthony Davis until after July 1, right, due to the Kyrie Irving situation, unless exactly. Kyrie's in the deal. Yes, so they could swap Kyrie for AD, uh, but I don't think Boston has any interest in doing that. Well, uh, I, 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 the whole... Scott, hold on. Did you see the stuff Kyrie said last night? Uh, he sounds a yeah. little <laughs> unhappy. Now, they're only 18 and 13. This was a team that I thought could win 65 games. I, I mean, yeah. the talent is there. It's not meshing. But, Scott, you, you know the NBA. This is what he wanted. He demanded out of Cleveland so he could run the show. And, oh, maybe the grass isn't greener in Boston. I mean, I don't know. Do you think Boston could be like, you know what? This Kyrie thing's not working. He's not an alpha. He's not a number one. Let's ship him to New Orleans. And I ask you this because I wonder, do you think the Pelicans would prefer the Lakers' young guys like an Ingram and a Glonzo and Picks or – Picks and an established star like Kyrie Irving. I think the established star would be something they oh. need, and they're in a unique position because they need to sell tickets. They need to sell fans on this. It's not like the Lakers where they have a built-in humongous fan base. They need to continue to have a marketable star, and that's why they can't get rid of AD right now um, because they've built the entire franchise around them. So it's a different situation than uh, than just like they can't scrap heap the whole thing and build from zero and try to move up. That's just not going to be what they do. Okay, but uh, is there a way, I guess the blueprint for how a mid-major uh, NFL, uh, NBA market team to rebuild is what the Indiana Pacers did, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Traded for a guy who, and remember, Victor Oladipo, everybody's like, he's so good. When he was on Oklahoma City, he was an abomination. He like could not play with Westbrook. His stats were awful. They got a number two pick at a low value. Is there a player out there that would entice the Pelicans in an Anthony Davis trade? You know, it's hard to say because they really have been so reticent to say anything about an AD trade. And this is people inside the organization, around them, everybody. They will not talk about it because they say it's not happening. Um, and so the idea of like where they're going to go from here, I honest to God don't know if it's been brought up all that often uh, around those offices because their whole thought process right now is making a trade to get them better for this season so that they can still try to make a run in the second half of the season, get in the playoffs, and maybe 
showed AD that there's a possibility that, hey, you can make, you know, an extra $60 million and you can stay here and we can win. Uh, now, I don't think, I think each day that's getting less and less likely uh, as you watch them play and watch them keep losing. Uh, but that's the mindset over here. So it's not so much uh, who they're going to trade AD for. I don't think that's really been broached. I think it's more them talking about who they can add a piece, uh, who they can get around AD for the rest of the season. I would agree, but don't you think part of the job of the front office is you've always got to be ready uh, in case somebody calls? Like, I, I know you don't want to trade Anthony Davis, but if he starts giving the signs, you know, signing with LeBron's agent, saying stuff like what he said to the Athletic, um, I would prefer legacy over money. Like, at some point, you've got to prepare for DEFCON 1, right? Absolutely. No, I, I don't disagree that that is probably going to happen and that they should be preparing for it. I'm telling you, I don't think they are. Um, and those are two different things. I, I, I really, I, just the, based on where ownership is and based on where that front office is and where their mindset, I think there's probably a preference somewhere but it's such a low likelihood at this point yeah. that they would trade him during the season that I think they're going to wait until July, weigh their options, and go. But I do think they would like to bring back a marketable star. I think they'd like to have something where they feel competitive uh, moving forward, you know, where it's not just you know blow the whole thing up, get a whole bunch of draft picks, and wait three years and see how it goes. I don't think they're in that silly mode by any stretch. I think they, they feel like Drew Holiday can be a really good piece next to another good player and that they can do it a different way. Whether or not that's realistic is a totally different conversation. Um, but I think, you know, a more established star is probably the direction that they'll go in if they, if and when they have to trade AD. All right. Scott Kushner, uh, the advocate, covers the Pelicans. I'll get you out of here on this. Take me inside the life of Anthony Davis briefly. Uh, is he a guy who lives in the downtown area? Is he a suburban guy? Is he out in the clubs? Is he juggling a bunch of Instagram models? What kind of human is he? Uh, and I'm trying to paint the picture. Is this a guy who wants to be in L.A., or does he want to be near LeBron? Is he a family guy? What, what do we know about Anthony Davis, who's only like 25 years old? Yeah, he's a he's obviously a young guy. Um, he's got a suburban house near the team's facility, uh, which is, you know, and New Orleans is small, so suburban being eight miles away from downtown in the arena. Um, so he's got a you know big old house out there. He's got a little girl. Um and he's got his family kind of always around him. He's got a group of four or five guys that are kind of always with him, but not, you know, not like DeMarcus Cousins has a very large, you know, quotient of people who are kind of in his, you know, roving entourage. Okay. Um, AD is not quite like that. Uh, he's a little more low-key. I'd say he's a really low-key guy overall. Um, he'll do clubs. He'll do that kind of stuff. I think that's, you know, he's been seen out, but he's not the, uh, the over-the-top kind of guy. Like Alvin Kamara is that kind of guy here. Um, as compared to Anthony Davis, much more. <laughs> and Alvin Kamara soaking it up. So it, it, you said Anthony Davis has a daughter. Is he? Mar- I didn't even know he was married. Or is he not married? Uh, he's not married. He's got, but you know, uh, he's in a relationship uh, with the girl's mother. And uh, so you know, he's he's a good. He's a family guy. He keeps his family very close to him. Uh, he is. You know, I, I have no, I don't, I've never heard a negative word mm-hmm. about AD in the community, around the city, even around the franchise. I think he's impatient. I think they, they find um, that he's, you know, occasionally, I think they used to think that he was a little soft, but I think that's kind of gone away. Um, but really, as a personality, he's a low-key guy, 
who I think is is very well liked uh, in the community and in, in the organization. Yeah, I'm sure some weirdos out there were like, "Why is Jason asking about that?" Listen, Ke- <laughs> Kevin Durant, uh, we know, single, unattached, no connections. He can do whatever he wants. You know how life is, Scott, as a young guy, right? Like, hey, you're not you're, you're single, no no wife weighing you down, or you could go wherever you want. Uh, Kyrie Irving, unknowable. Kawhi Leonard, I mean, nobody knows anything about Kawhi Leonard, right? He yeah. is really like a mysterious individual. Uh, so uh, knowing these guys in their background can sometimes uh, give you a, a kernel of insight into what they're like. But uh, Scott Kushner covers the Pelicans for the Advocate. Scott, great stuff. And uh, good luck on the Anthony Davis beat. You're going to be busy, <laughs> super busy for the next five months. I know. I was like, just let me cover the NFL playoffs. I'll cover the Saints now. <laughs> Get me out of here. I don't yes. want to do it anymore. All right. Man. Thanks a lot, uh, Scotty. <laughs> See you, Jason. All right. All right. Uh, listen, interesting stuff from from Scott Kushner. Yeah. I, I don't want to say I think he stays because, I mean, Nick, if I gave you what percentage chance that Anthony Davis says no thank you to that massive rejection. By the way, the numbers, they're going to offer him 5 and 239. That pays $51 million in year four, $54 million in year five. Nobody can come close to offering that. Nick, what percentage chance does Anthony Davis sign that this summer? God, I just don't know if he really wants to be a Laker that bad to lay that much money down. I'll say, God, I think he really wants to be here. I'll say 70. 70% chance he does not sign it. Gavin, what do you got? I just, I don't want to get fooled like I did with Paul George. <laughs> so you think he could sign it and stay? With Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. Um all right, we're gonna have to revisit this topic because I'm gonna I'm just gonna go to break on my number. I think there's zero percent chance Anthony Davis signs that deal this summer. I, I just don't see it happening. Wow. And I'll tell you why. After the break. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I'm your host, Jason McIntyre. All right, so we, we just ended last segment. We we gotta do one more NBA thing. We will come back to the NFL. Don't worry, folks. We gotta get to Ravens Chargers. Two huge Chargers fans in the building. I'm working on this show right now. They're nervous. A little back to reality for the Chargers tonight, huh? Huh? We'll see, Nick. Nick is going with the Lakers slash Chargers gear today. I will re- much respect for the Ladanian Tomlinson powder blue jersey. Are they wearing the powder blue tonight? Uh, I'm not sure. And by the way, no, I'm actually... Um... Jason, oh, oh, the, I'm uh, sorry. The current it's, MVP on right it's now. It's not LT. It is. Yeah. Is that new? No, no. This is. I just don't wear it that much. I had to get it out. out yeah, of that you got to break it out because uh, Phil Rivers, Philly Riv, making a run at the MVP. All right, quickly. So w- let's finish this Anthony Davis stuff. All right. Um, here we go. In the seventh year in the league, in his seventh year in the league, LeBron left the Cavs. Right. They could not build around him. They got him like old Shaq, Antoine Jameson, guys like that. So in year seven, LeBron leaves. Kevin Durant stayed an extra two. Nine years with the Thunder. Now, of course, he was one year in Seattle, then Aiden OKC. He left. Now, LeBron had made the finals in Cleveland once. They got swept by the Spurs. Then LeBron leaves after seven. Durant, nine years in OKC. Made the finals once, left for Golden State. I kind of feel like if you get seven years in a place, they better be able to build around you. Guess what year this is for Anthony Davis in New Orleans? Year seven. Yes. Folks, 
Anybody who's going to blast Anthony Davis for this wanting to leave New Orleans, he spent seven years there. This isn't like your job out there wherever you live in America, and you can just bounce around. Anthony Davis was drafted. He's been there seven years. They haven't got past the second round of the playoffs. Magic was drafted by the Lakers. They won in year one. Larry Bird was drafted by the Celtics. They won in year two. No reason to leave. No reason at all. Anthony Davis has been there seven years. They can't build jack squat around him. So don't get on his case when he leaves. Coming up next on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Oh, boy. Strap in for this. LeBron mentioned a lot of players he'd love to play with. You know who he didn't mention? Our number three here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Good afternoon, East Coast. High noon. 9 a.m. out here on the West Coast. I am your host. That kind of rhymes. Out here on the West Coast, I am your host, Jason McIntyre. Very nerdy Saturday morning for your boy. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Been a fun show so far. We got one hour to go. Really exciting stuff. We're going to get to NFL. Um, Huge game tonight. I can't get excited for Redskins-Titans. By the way, the line on that is running. Titans are now 11-point favorites. It was 9.5. It went through 10. Now it's going up to 11. It's kind of a dead number. It could hit 13. I don't know how the Redskins score, but we'll get to the NFL later. Obviously, Ravens. Charges very, very exciting tonight. But I need to, uh, we talked about Yasiel Pui getting traded from the Dodgers earlier in the show. And, you know, I think it's an interesting story, mostly out here for L.A. But I want to kind of focus on something now that, you know, I, I totally missed this until I was watching the video again. And it hit me. So LeBron, after beating the Pelicans last night, this is super fascinating, folks. LeBron beats the Pelicans last night. And after the game, LeBron James, talking to the media, basically challenged him and says, tampering, you know, come on. Ask me who I want to play with. So here's what LeBron said, kind of pushing back on the league and the media about tampering in the Anthony Davis situation. Ask me uh, what I like to play with Kevin Durant. Ask me right now. Would you like to play with Kevin Durant? Absolutely. Ask me if I like to play with Jimmy Butler. Say it right now. Ask me about Kyrie Irving, Giannis. Ask me about Embiid, Ben Simmons. Go ahead. All of them. Luka Doncic. Ask me right now. Come on, guys. It's not rocket science. All right. Now that is interesting, okay? LeBron said a lot of really good players. He tossed Luka Doncic's name in there, which... Is going to be a surprise to some people, but Doncic has been incredible. But I want you to pause for a moment and think, who did LeBron James not mention about playing with next year? Okay, I wrote down the list. Are you ready? Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving. Okay, those guys can hit the market this summer. Then some guys that can't. Giannis, Embiid, Simmons, and Doncic. I mean, come on, Luka Doncic on his rookie contract. But you see what LeBron's getting at. He didn't mention one name. 
Have you have you guessed it yet? Sitting in your car, listening somewhere out there. I'm going to tell you who we didn't mention. Steph Curry. <gasps> Why wouldn't LeBron mention Steph Curry among players he wants to play with? I mean, Steph Curry is already an all-time great in the NBA. Steph Curry is already the second-best point guard in NBA history. Whether you want to go stats, accolades, whatever, Steph Curry's up there. I have him as number two point guard in NBA history. Here's why LeBron did not mention Steph Curry. There is still an underlying disrespect and jealousy. Yes, LeBron, on some level, is jealous of what Steph Curry has accomplished. And don't freak out on me. Don't call into the radio show. We've been over this. I'm a huge LeBron fan. I'm really enjoying his time out here in L.A. I've enjoyed and followed his career closely. But when Michael Jordan ascended to the top of the league, he took down Magic in the finals, never relinquished power, three straight rings, I'm going to go try baseball. When he came back, you know, the half season, he didn't win the title, whatever, lost to Orlando in the playoffs. Full seasons got back to the top of the league, got to the top of the mountain. Michael Jordan was the guy. Never relinquished that title. Well, LeBron got to the top when he was in Miami, won two titles, said, I'm going back to Cleveland to win a title. He was the best player in the league, and then Steph Curry happened. Steph Curry surpassed LeBron in several ways. Steph Curry was the number one jersey seller in the league for four straight years. Yes, even when LeBron went back to Cleveland and everybody bought his Cleveland jersey again. Steph Curry won two MVP awards at the height of LeBron's career. At the apex, Steph Curry won two. One was unanimous. So Steph Curry won the young fans and buying the jerseys. He won the media. And then he won the titles. Steph Curry surpassed LeBron. And I believe LeBron has been jealous of Curry ever since. A below-the-rim player who's winning with three-pointers. And I keep coming back to this moment. I've brought it up on the show for two years. In the finals, when the Warriors, of course, collapsed pre-Kevin Durant, there was a game, I believe it was game six. LeBron rejected a Curry layup attempt and then talked trash. Like, don't come in my house and do that. You can find the YouTube video. It's got several million views. And then again, last year, at the end of game one, go look in overtime. LeBron talking trash to Steph Curry. There is a level of disrespect there. And you guys can say, oh, LeBron's better. Fine, you could say LeBron's better. But Steph Curry undeniably knocked LeBron off that mountaintop. Whether it was jersey sales, MVP awards, titles, whatever you want to go by, Curry was atop the league. Now, we can have debates about who's the best player, whether it's LeBron, whether it's Kevin Durant, but it's fascinating that LeBron would mention guys under contract who ain't moving. Giannis ain't going nowhere. Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Luka Doncic. All those guys, they're not going anywhere. He mentioned them. He didn't mention Steph Curry. He mentioned Curry's teammate, Kevin Durant, who, of course, is going to be a free agent. But on some level, and I, it, it, it irks me to no end that there remains jealousy from LeBron James towards Steph Curry, from Russell Westbrook. By the way, Westbrook's not half the player Steph Curry is. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, Russell Westbrook, fine player. He's no Steph Curry. The jealousy and disrespect 
is just shocking to me. And now I'm going to turn it to you, Nick and Gavin. I didn't prepare you guys for that. It wasn't on the sheet. Spur of the moment stuff when I realized LeBron didn't mention Curry. Listen, feel free to disagree with everything I just said. I'm just curious as to your thoughts. Why did LeBron not mention Steph Curry? I think he's always had it against him how Steph Curry is beloved by NBA fans. He's the ultimate white knight, you know? Like When he went to Miami, there's a lot of fans that have never really forgiven LeBron, and he's always been the villain. And Steph Curry is the kid, is the guy who every kid is in love with. They're wearing his jersey on the playground. He's he's a nice guy. He's beloved by everyone, and I think he holds that against him. I mean, I agree with what you're saying, Jason, but I don't – look, LeBron's a calculated guy, and we all know that, but I don't think – because that was, a, that was you know, a question in the spur of a moment after the game. I don't think he, in that couple moments, just kind of thought, hmm, I'm going to leave Steph Curry out when I'm rattling off just good players he wants Bro. to play with. I don't, I don't think he's that calculated in okay. that instance. Okay, so uh, we'll, we'll engage in this. Okay. Anthony Davis was mentioned earlier in the week. So he also mentioned guys who were in the top ten in the league. Kevin Durant, Giannis. Embiid, Kyrie, Butler, Ben Simmons. Those guys are all in my top 10. Fine, you want to go top 15. And then Luka Doncic. I'm already seeing some tweets coming in. Jay, he didn't mention Russell Westbrook. Who wants to play with Russell Westbrook? I mean, come on, nobody wants to play with Russell Westbrook. James Harden, he didn't mention Harden. Okay, that's fine. Um, Harden is the most ball-dominant player in the league, right? More than LeBron. LeBron needs shooters. We've established this. He needs shooters around him. Who's a better shooter than Curry? Okay, could it also mean that for LeBron to play with Curry, he'd have to go to Golden State, and you know that's not going to happen? He'd have to go to Philly or Milwaukee. That's not going to happen. He did mention three Sixers there. He mentioned three Sixers, (laughs) and he don't mention Steph Curry. I, I... I like. Can I like LeBron and still feel he's jealous of Curry? I, does, is sure. that an okay statement? Yeah. It's nothing against LeBron. I just feel like the media, the fans, they've got behind this underdog narrative of Steph Curry. And I was just looking at his stats. Steph Curry's shooting 50% from the field, second best of his career. Shooting 47% from three on 10 threes a game. That's ridiculous. 47% from three on 10 three attempts per game. 94 from the line. I I don't know. I, I just, I don't know who wouldn't want to play with Steph Curry. Is it irrational, my love for him? I mean, he's really 29 points per game. Nick, I'll ask you. It's only 21 games. I know, he was injured. Curry can win the MVP, can, can he? No. no. Missed too many games? Gavin, yes. come on. And he's on the Warriors with Kevin Durant. Yeah, it, it, the injury is the one thing held against him. Can he pass Magic to be the best point guard of all time? Wow. I think you're asking the wrong group, man. <laughs> like, no, no, I, 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 listen, I, I want partial, I want impartial. I don't want to answer that, Jason, I'll be honest with you. You've you've turned me a little bit over the last couple of years. I'll, I'll On give Curry, you that. I've I'll been beating that. the hell out of yes, this. Yeah, you're his number one. And, and fan I, I won't. I won't mention that he's gonna. You know that. Remember, I said Kevin Durant is gonna pass Kobe by the end of the season. and Your head exploded. Yeah, and it still does. <laughs> where, where are you guys on Durant? Are you coming around on him? No. Is he a top fifteen <laughs> player all time? Listen, uh, folks. I know we're gonna get to NFL. 
And and but this is what the offseason in NFL is like. You know, we'll do some draft stuff. We'll do free agency. Yeah, this is a preview of what's coming. But like, you can do this every week. Is Kevin Durant already a top fifteen player all time? For me, it's automatically yes, he is. I think it's no doubt. Yeah. yeah. Look at the stats, Nick. You, you can hem and haul all you want. This dude led the league in scoring four times. He is a bucket getter. I don't think this is that hot of a take. I would take Kevin Durant over Kobe if if you gave me the choice. Right now, right here, right now. Kobe in his prime or Kevin Durant? Kevin Durant. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What's Kobe, a 32 three-point, 32% from three? It's not to knock. Oh, gosh, my phone is blowing up. People are angry at me. Uh, (laughs) Friends listening. Um, That's not good. Anyways, I'll stand by that. And, And I'm curious, when you post that online, Gavin, we need to time this to see what the reaction is. Warriors playing. Oh, they play Luka Doncic tonight. Oh, that that might be a perfect. Good, so you're saying that might be a good tweet to put out right yeah. before that. So uh, <laughs> LeBron would love to play with a whole mess of players, but he didn't mention Curry. That's calculated. I, I'm tempted to open the phone lines and say, is it calculated or was it? Of just- all the all stars in that game tonight, the two that LeBron would want to play with are Kevin Durant and Luka, Luka Doncic. <laughs> nope. All right, so uh, uh, let's go out on this one. Um, was it calculated to not mention Curry? He did say, ask me. Right? So he obviously had thought about this. Was it calculated he didn't mention Curry? I I think when he gets three, four names deep, yes. at that point, he's he's making a conscious decision to not stay say Steph Curry. No, he, I, I said it earlier. I still don't. I still think he just rattled off some names, good players. I think it was in the moment. But there's space between them. It's like, you know, ask me about Giannis. Yeah. Ask me about Jimmy Butler. How is Steph Curry not at the top of your mind when you're running through the best players in the league? So That is right there, Gavin, is the question. Uh, he didn't mention Dame Lillard. I find I guess that's mildly interesting. Most people don't mention Dame Lillard. I like <laughs> him a lot, Stuck in the lot, Northwest. I know. He, he's, uh, by the way, Blazers floundering all of a sudden. Hey, um, I guess we can't do it. But, like, honestly, I'd like to build a segment around have you watched the Sacramento Kings this year or not? I mean, the listeners right now in uh, Texas and, like, Illinois are probably like, who cares? I'm telling you, this Buddy Heald is, oh, yeah. b- is becoming the player we thought he would be when he was at Oklahoma. He's averaging 19. He's have, uh, This is probably too incendiary for you guys. Buddy Heald is having a better offensive season than Clay Thompson. That's a fact. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. Look at the numbers. I'll have to see the receipts on that. I don't know about that. Clay Thompson is straight up struggling, guys. Look at the numbers. Uh, now, you could say he didn't have Curry for a lot of it. Fine. We've done enough on the Sacramento Kings. And Scott Shapiro, who runs runs a show here. I know he listens. He's probably like, hey, how come you're not talking Timberwolves and uh, Derrick Rose? By the way, <laughs> why the heck does Instagram love Derrick Rose so much? I mean, all these fans are just... Derrick Rose, look at this reverse layup. Like, what? What's the love for Derrick Rose? I don't get it. People live in the past on Instagram. Way back Wednesday. I mean, seriously. Ooh, look at that. I thought you were going to go woman crush Wednesday. (laughs) WCW. All right. Hey, by the way, follow me on Instagram, folks. I I need to boost my my followers. I mean, I I, I can't post bikini photos, and y'all want to knock me for the workout videos. But that's whatever. Bikini. Anyways, I can't. I'm not a guy. I'm not a girl who can wear bikinis and, and spandex. Basically, you wear leggings and like a sports bra, and you get like ten thousand likes. That's yeah. how Instagram and you get works. Aquafina ads, or you know they always get the promotion. Coming up next year on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. 
We're going to get to the NFL game, the huge game tonight. We may do 10 minutes on Ravens Chargers, but we're probably going to work in some Patriots, little Cowboys. And uh, in 15 minutes, we're going to talk to a Patriots insider because, of course, the New England Patriots are done. No, they're not. Back after this. Back here on the big lead of Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. All right, that last segment, LeBron taking a veiled shot at Steph Curry got you guys kind of worked up. I did get an interesting set of tweets here. Um, uh, where is it? Austin. Austin Hebe. Think you're reading too much into it. LeBron didn't say Kawhi either. Now that I, we didn't think about. We didn't think why didn't he say Kawhi. What's that about, guys? Maybe he doesn't like Kawhi. Doesn't isn't that high on him? Maybe he's bitter. He didn't come sooner. I don't know. Any thoughts on that, Gavin? I interesting Kawhi. I had not. Yeah, no. I was thinking the same thing. He's maybe he's a little bitter, especially now that there's talk about Kawhi wanting to re-sign in Toronto. You know. And there's also talk of Kawhi wanting the Clippers. Did you hear that the Clippers are, I don't know where I heard this, the Clippers are recruiting Kawhi the same way like Coach K recruits Zion Williamson, like going to all of his games. So I don't know who the scout is, but the Clippers are sending people to like every Kawhi game in Clipper gear so that when Kawhi walks through the tunnel, he sees like the same coach wearing Clipper gear. So they're always trying to stay in his head like, we really want you, we really want you. The same way that Coach K will just show up at games so that Zion and R.J. Barrett know, oh, boy, Coach K came all the way here to a high school game to watch me. Like, Coach K will get on a private jet, go see some kid in an obscure gym, get on the jet and go back home. Like, that's part of the recruiting. Is this the Lee Jenkins effect now that he's with the uh, Clippers? It's interesting. (laughs) But now, uh, listen, this guy, Austin, good point. He didn't say Kawhi Leonard. So the names that you guys sent me, he didn't say Kawhi, James Harden, Russell Dame Dalla. Now, I, I again, Dame is kind of surprising. Dame's been connected to the Lakers. I don't see that happening. Um, and we went over Westbrook. I just don't think people want to play with Westbrook. Uh, that's just my opinion. Like, you'll push back and say Paul George. Eh, whatever. All right, let's get back to the NFL here. So, Ravens charges tonight. I, I want, Nick, you to make the case that the Chargers win this game. Big Chargers guy, you got your... Phillip Rivers jersey on. Go ahead. Make the case that the Chargers beat and cover against the Ravens. Well, like I said earlier, I'm not sure I like the cover. But I do. I mean, here's the thing. I don't have the confidence about the cover. Do I? If I was not a Charger fan, I'd probably like it. But here's the thing. They need to get up early. This defense so far throughout the last, what, five or six weeks, Chargers are ranked in the top three in defense. So what they're going to have to do is get up early. And I think what I think, I think they're going to get to Lamar. If they get pressure on him, and I think he will, because he's going to have to scramble a lot in this game. Bosa and Ingram are going to be after him a lot. So what I think is going to happen, I think Rivers is going to get up early, and I think the defense is going to keep pressure on him. That's what they have to do, at least. Well, okay, so it is interesting. You know, some of the stats say that you said they're a top top defense, right? But one of the big things that changed my gambling uh, thoughts this year, why I'm maybe why I'm doing so uh, so much better than normal, is these football outsider metrics are really tremendous. They take everything into account play-by-play, not just like end-of-game stats. 
So, according to the Football Outsiders, and I don't want to get into what their DVOA process is like, it's just very weighty, but they only have the Chargers as the eighth best defense. Now you're saying, oh, well, that's still good. They're 18th against the run, Nick. That's not good. Yeah, they're always bad against the run. But, I mean, who, who's the stud running back in Baltimore, though? What are you talking about? They're averaging like 240 no, I, no, yards. I, I get you. The, here's the thing. Patrick Mahomes scrambled all the time last week. I mean, I mean, they're, they're going to have to shut that up. Well, and Patrick I get Mahomes the, did, not, the run. He did not have um, his guy, Kareem Hunt. So I went down and looked at the Chargers running yards allowed. No Hunt last week for the Chiefs. By the way, Spencer Ware's out this week against Seattle. I didn't know that. Uh, they only rushed for 60 yards, the Chiefs. Two weeks ago, Bengals against the Chargers rushed for 144. Mixon had 111. Against the Steelers, I don't, I, James Conner got hurt in the fourth. But Pittsburgh only rushed for 65 yards. Now, they did average like f- over four yards a carry, but why didn't they run more? That's a damn good question. David Johnson and the uh, Cardinals rushed for 62 yards, nothing. But go back to that Broncos loss. Philip Lindsay and the Broncos rushed for 108. Five yards of carry. So they can be had. Gavin, go ahead. In every game you just said, the Chargers miss were missing their number one run stopper, Brandon Meebane, who's been out due to personal reasons. It, it, something happened with his daughter. His daughter yes. was born or something. Okay. She's fine. But he he's expected to return. Now, Corey Legit on IR and Denzel Perryman, their linebacker, he is also out. So, yes, they are going to be returning Meebane, who's good. Also, one more thing. I don't know if you're a rest guy. Ravens going across country on short rest. Chargers on eight days rest. They played on Thursday. Certainly factors in. Uh, brief pause. Holy cow, what a catch in the Memphis-Wake Forest game. This guy went up in double coverage. Basically, look at this. Nuke Hopkins-like. Who is that guy? Put him on an NFL draft list. Number 10 on Memphis. Um, all right, anyways, back to Chargers. So let me continue. So the Chargers, like I said, they're, uh, they're the 18th rated run defense according to Football Outsiders. This is who the Ravens have gashed. Bengals, 26. Raiders, 27. Falcons, 30. Bucks, 31. Chiefs, 32. Those are bad, bad run defenses. Now the question is, of course, Derwin James. Do you put him in the box? Derwin James is a superstar, man. He is really an awesome player. Do you put him in the box and say, you're not going to throw Lamar? And we're gonna we're gonna have Derwin James spy you. That's dangerous. So Nick, to your point, or Gavin, yours, the extra days to prepare is impactful. Now, my last point on why I like the Ravens: special teams matter, right? How much do special teams matter? I don't know. In close games, they matter a lot. Nick, where would you guess the Chargers are in special teams? In the NFL, according to Football Outsiders, I think they're up there. I want to say top five. The Chargers? Yes. They're 29th. Okay. Or, now, their kicker's know. been pretty good uh, lately, but the Chargers are 29th in special teams. This takes into effect uh, punting, punt returns, kick returns, all that. Baltimore Ravens, 6th. So, if in a close game, Justin Tucker's automatic. Um, the punter, I believe it's Koch, is good. And I will add, I know Gordon's back. He's not going to be 100%, right? The run defense of the Baltimore Ravens is currently sixth in the league. So they are awesome against the run, and they are second 
against the pass. And my last note, I know I said it was my last note, but I got another one. Um, protection can be a major issue for the Chargers. And I, it's funny, I've got notes on my computer. i got notes on my phone. The Chargers could struggle on the offensive line to protect against the Ravens. I believe they're 29th, according to my notes, in sack protection. That may not be the exact name of it, but their offensive line is not great. Their guards, their tackles, they're not highly rated by pro football focus. The Ravens' defensive line is nasty. So I'm expecting a close game. If Rivers loses, eliminated from the MVP contest, right? Yes, Not contest, but MVP potential. Um, All right. Jason, real quick, if Mahomes loses and Rivers wins, does that move at all to you? Yeah, I mean, yeah. By the way, I don't think Mahomes is winning. And if he can't beat Seattle with their two starting safeties out, that ain't good news. Um, I'm. Let's go give scores real quick before we get to our interview. I will go Chargers 20, Ravens 21. Who? You, what's your? Give a score. I'll go 30, 27 Chargers. High scoring, huh? Total come down have it significantly. Gavin, finally. Oh, uh, Gavin, do you want to give me? Okay, so Gavin is uh, on the phone getting our next guest. We're going to talk Patriots next with a New England Patriots insider. But first, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest in court. Oh, Jason, we have some breaking social media news involving the budding romance between the Lakers and Anthony Davis. Now, as Yahoo Sports reported... LeBron James and Anthony Davis had dinner together after the Lakers' victory over the Pelicans last night. Well, Kyle Kuzma of the Lakers Instagrammed a picture of himself dunking in last night's win over the Pelicans with Davis in the vicinity. The post drew a comment from LeBron, but it also drew a comment from Anthony Davis himself, who posted, quote, And I ain't jump for real. Laughing emoji, unquote. We look forward to this afternoon when LeBron and Davis will be spotted pedaling across the Santa Monica Pier on a bicycle built for two. NFL, the Houston Texans have downgraded running back Lamar Miller and receiver Kiki QT to out for Sunday's game against the Eagles. Today's action kicks off at 4.30 Eastern with the Titans hosting Washington. Tonight, the Ravens visit the Chargers. This report presented by Geico. Hey, great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Finally, in college football, at something called the Jared Birmingham Bowl, Memphis has a 14-7 lead over Wake Forest at the 328 mark of the first quarter. And Jason, that Memphis receiver who made that outstanding catch you referenced a few moments ago, sophomore DeMonte Coxie is the one who brought it down. Just a sophomore. Back to you. Good stuff. Look at Isaac all over it. Only a sophomore. Is he a redshirt sophomore and thus eligible for the NFL draft? I do not believe so. Let me double check on that real All quick. Over it. All yeah. right. Thank you, Isaac. On to our next guest. Back here on the Big Lead Fox Sports Radio, I'm your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Our next guest knows the Patriots as well as anybody. He's been on the show before. Tom Curran, Patriots insider for NBC Sports Boston. Tom, good afternoon. How are you? 
Good, my friend. How you been, Jack? You know, um, I would make a joke about being better than Josh Gordon, but that's probably not appropriate. I'm just going to ask with the Josh Gordon stuff, how is he doing? Do we know what his status is in terms of off the field? We know he's no longer in the NFL, but how is he doing as a, as a person? Does he have a support system there? Oh, he's got a massive support system. I think the Patriots, and that's one of the interesting things about this, the Patriots, you know, obviously there's an ulterior motive when any team signs a player. They want him to be a good employee for them. And in order to get him there, you have to provide him with a support system. We can cynically look at that and say, well, they're only going to give him that support and then turn him out into the cold. But the Patriots met every request, and Josh Gordon and his folks around him did have requests. We need to have a level of support for him that is significant. Now, I've had people say, well, if they didn't support him 24-7, they didn't do enough. They went really far and there were no complaints from the Gordon camp as to how much support they gave him. Your question is a good one. What are the concrete aspects of Josh Gordon's life on this particular Saturday? Is he still in the Foxborough area? Has he returned to Cleveland? Is he in Gainesville, Florida, where Ben Baskin from Sports Illustrated caught up with him last year? He was living on his agent's couch. I don't know that. Um, And it'll be interesting to see whether the Patriots keep him on their roster. Obviously, he's on the suspended list. But do they maintain a relationship with him as an employee going forward if indeed he continues in the NFL, which that's way down the road, too? Wow. Jeez. Very sad story, uh, the Josh Gordon situation. Thanks for that, Tom. I I do want to move on. A lot of people this week selling the Patriots. uh, When you combine Josh Gordon, the two-game losing streak, the losses on the road. I don't know, Tom, what's your guess as to this team's ceiling can they get back to the super bowl still do you expect them to i don't expect them to but they definitely can okay (laughs) i mean you can't look at a nine and five team who's lost every game on the road uh against a significant opponent and some insignificant opponents and say wow that's that's a team that i would expect to go to the super bowl they have limitations i mean they're, they're the 31st best team in the nfl against the run they can't stop anybody pittsburgh can't run the ball they ran for a buck 68 Miami can't run the ball. They ran it for like a buck eighty. So if you can't do that, what's the character of your your defense? It's not very good. Then offensively, you know you've got operator error coming from Tom Brady the past two weeks, which most people want to tie to his birth date. I tie it more to the folks around him and a sense of resignation. Look, I just got to try and make a play here. So yeah, there's there's a lot to be disconcerted about for anybody who put down a bet in Vegas saying New England. Yeah. will be in Atlanta. Well, Tom, uh, you know, to push back a little on their road woes, a lot of the blowouts were early in the season, and they did go to Chicago. Uh, I know they got two special teams touchdowns, but they did beat the Bears on the road, which I thought was kind of impressive. And to be truthful, you know, that, that Miami game was a bit of a fluke. I know the Dolphins moved the ball well on them. But uh, against the Steelers, you could argue they were the better side. They did go 0-3 in the red zone. That never happens. And the 14 penalties were uh, unbelievable. I don't know. Am I, am I maybe being too positive looking for uh, some reason to believe in the Patriots here? Yes, you are. <laughs> Those two blowouts were early, but there was one to Tennessee that was significant yes. as well that was right before the bye. They came out of the bye, and you know I expected them to play at a certain level coming out of the bye. They kind of had their hands full a little bit more. I know you're uh, a Jets fan yes. from way back. Am I wrong? Yes, Hi. correct. So I'm against the Jets. That, that was not a knockout blow against a bad Jets team down there. Correct. Um, so then you look at the Miami loss, and you're right. You know, it's, it's in the details, but 
you also had Brady, and I mentioned operator error, failing to take a timeout, failing to yeah. get the end zone before halftime. Um, again, that running game stuff. And then here's the thing, too, Jay, with Pittsburgh. Yeah, they were 0-3 for 3 in the red zone, but that's an ongoing issue as well. And the only touchdown they got was a 63-yard bust. Yes, uh, so, good point. That's good. That's why we have these so conversations, you, people. Back, I like that, Tom. Good stuff. All right, Tom. Give and a take. It's a give and a take. Yes. Let me get you out of here with this one. Um, uh, two parter. A. Do they blow out the Bills? And then B. Is Josh McDaniels back? Uh, I had a guy on from NFL Network this morning saying that McDan- the, the, it's such a thin crop of potential coaches that Josh McDaniels' name is is bubbling up. Yes, they blow out the Bills mainly because. The Bills can't score. Right. I mean, they're just horrendous offensively. And I think the Patriots, you know, that's that's a 75-mile-an-hour BP fastball for them. They should be able to take care of that. As far as Josh McDaniels, even if there were, you know, a fleet of great coaches out there, I think because of McDaniels' acumen, and despite what happened last offseason, he still remains a, a guy that they that has a high Q rating. But... Will he be back? I would say probably not. Mm. You know, Brady will be 42. He's not playing any better. There's no answer in-house to what the quarterback position is going to look like. Wow. Or if Rob Gronkowski is, continues in the path that he's continuing on. So you're down to a tight end group of Dwayne Allen and Jacob Hollister. Whew. Uh, Julian Edelman's your wide receiver. Josh Gordon's gone. And it's just... It's not a good place to be if you're an aspiring head coach wow. in your second time around. Shocker. All right, Tom Curran, good stuff. NBC Sports Boston. All right, Tom, enjoy the blowout this weekend, and uh, <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. All right, Chase. Thanks for looking me up. Bye. Uh, good stuff from Tom Curran. Uh, you know, he actually painted a very bleak picture there at the end. Uh, Gronk, a bit of a shell of his former self. Brady will be 42. Edelman looking a little older. Gordon gone, defense bad. Interesting. I I hadn't looked at it that negatively, but uh, it's out there. Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, we will wrap up the show. We will not be talking more Memphis Wake Forest, but I'm curious uh, as to a couple things about the Anthony Davis-LeBron shenanigans. We'll wrap that up next. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Oh, what a song. Wham, Last Christmas. Classic. This comes on in the car. I'm singing it. Singing it. Just chatting, yucking it up with uh, Steve Hartman. He's up next, joined again by Kerry Rhodes, former Jets defensive back. Pick six for Memphis. They're up 21-7. My buddy told me he's he's had a good run in bowls. I think he's 6-2. and two. And I'm backing him in most of them. But he told me today, he's like, I got Wake. And I'm like, mm, I've seen enough Memphis this year. I'm not t- I'm not picking Wake. Maybe they come back. I am on Army uh, later today at six and a half. And uh, Louisiana Tech tonight. You see that? See what I'm doing there? Just giving out winners like holiday presents. Um, fun show. Listen, you got to download the podcast. Um, from the NFL Network information to the Super Contest picks. A um, lot of interesting stuff out there, for sure, on the podcast today. That will be up. I'll push it on Twitter, Instagram. By the way, Nick, are you on IG? Uh, I am, but I'm just not that active. Yeah. What are you more active on, Tinder or Instagram? 
<laughs> we haven't had a Tinder update in a little while. What do you got? Yeah, no, actually, I've, I'm still in the off season, Jason. Um, he had one last week, though. Come on. Oh, I admit, did we miss it? Did we not talk about it? Was this? <laughs> no, uh... no, no, no. He told me behind the glass. Okay, well, let's tell the, tell America. Oh yeah, I'm sure everyone wants to hear this. They, they, they've been waiting for this. Listen, no, there's a great. lot of dudes out there doing the Tinder thing, man. We no, need... it, was, it was a classic, you know, classic meetup at the bar, hang out. This was the first time. New person, yes. New? Oh, okay. Can, yes. can we get an age? Um, thirty. That's older than you. No, it's well, it's the same. Oh, you're. Th- I didn't yeah, even I, know you were. 30. I know. Wow. I'm, I'm old too. I know. Interesting. So, was there a follow up? Um, uh, not yet. Have you texted? No. Wow. It's kind of how it this goes. is. This is. <laughs> ah! This is so funny, folks. I missed the uh, social media dating app thing. Um, it just. I'm, I wonder if I had a Match.com account back in the day. I mean, I doubt it. It's possible. But E-harmony. I was in New York. No. Not yeah. that's, a, that's like too serious. <laughs> Quick side note. I didn't bring it up because just not the most brag worthy, um, you know, to bring up. Okay. Yeah. You know, just, just not, not the hottest oh, of, oh, of oh, girls. Oh, oh, that's oh, what right, I'm saying. Right, yeah, right. Okay. Catch my drift. Yeah. yeah. No. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Gotta love the, uh, this is fun. I, I do like hitting up Tinder Nick for... His uh, dating life on social media. I'm just curious. So, what are you doing for New Year's, guys? Do you have plans? Um, I work late night that Christmas, so I'm gonna be traveling all day that day. Oh, I it, gotta yeah, go places to go to. For me, it depends the hours I work on New Year's Day because I know where I will be. I know the party I'll be going to New Year's Eve, but it depending how late, mm. you know, we'll see. I don't that turnaround might be tough. Yeah, I um. So, of course, my wife and kids go east to see her family. And I got to work. I got, uh, I don't even know what day New Year's is, but I think I have TV during the day and then TV the next day. So it's like I can't really do much. I, I don't even drink that much anymore, man. Not during football season. Now, after football season, let's booze it up. Um, but yeah, it's just tough because I need to have the clear mind. And again, I, I did go overboard on the super contest this year. It is a $1.4 million NFL gambling contest. And once I started to do well, I was like locked in. Dude, I'm looking at numbers, injury reports, reading as much as I can. I probably read 12 beat writers religiously all season, like every day they would put something out just to get kernels of information. Um, And I went all in. Listen, I'm in the money right now, and $1.4 million is a large amount of money. If you win, we have to get each one of those writers on personally to thank them. Yeah, I mean, listen, I got to thank them. There's a couple other gamblers who I know uh, are pretty sharp that we talked during the week, and I try to hammer out picks. And this week was brutal. Uh, I'll give the picks again in case you missed them. Not Again, some of these numbers have moved. Seahawks plus two and a half. I got Ravens plus four and a half. Now, Hartman told me that line's on the move. Is it down to three and a half? I, I, I'm feeling good that that's on the right side. And again, Hartman and Kerry Rhodes are next. Folks, we've seen the Chargers in this spot before, and they love to go to the bathroom in their pants in a big spot. A letdown is likely here. Uh, I got the Browns at eight and a half. They are now favored by nine and a half. Um, that's a big number for a forlorn franchise. How about that forlorn franchise? And then I got the Niners at plus four. Don't love it, um, but I'm hoping for a Bears letdown and a third straight Niners cover. And finally, Eagles at two and a half. As you heard earlier, Lamar Miller did not travel 
You saw that Texans offense in the second half against the Jets without Lamar Miller. It was one-dimensional, the new Hopkins show. Uh, we know that Eagles secondary stinks, but I do believe they'll be able to stay within the number. And I don't know if you guys saw this. Have you seen the list of quarterbacks the Houston Texans face this year? It is by far the most laughable group of, I don't want to call them losers, but they faced really, really awful quarterbacks. I mean, the fact that they're 10-5 and five or whatever is not surprising. I mean, they, they're beating Case Keenum and third stringers. Like, be leery of the Houston Texans. All right, just to recap, the LeBron-Anthony Davis stuff is fascinating. I wonder if Hartman will go here next. LeBron mentioned a laundry list of players he'd love to play with, you know, getting some shots in at the at the media for this whole tampering garbage. Well, uh, to be clear, LeBron also did not mention Steph Curry. And I think that's by design. I think he's jealous of Steph Curry's rise uh, among fans in the media. And I do, I hope LeBron gets over that jealousy. But to me, undeniable. LeBron has some jealousy for Steph Curry knocking him off the mountaintop and taking over the NBA. Uh, for Tinder Nick, Iowa Sam, producer Gavin, Isaac, it's been a great show. Everybody have a great Christmas. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.